oh my gosh, after just dragging these shows along for at least a month, we actually have something to talk about. I'm so excited. We actually have a ton of things to talk about. Because right after the show happened last week, Cloud9 benched every player anyone's ever cared about for their roster. We uh, we had LCS start. Uh, there was a game that was... There's no Nexus explosion, and yet a game was finished. It's just like the craziest weekend ever. And that's why this show is going to be amazing. Hotline League episode 31 starts right now. Wait, wait there we go. Hotline League is brought to you by... Omen by HP. Took a second. That was all. Uh, I pressed the button and it didn't, it didn't work as well. I'm going to be honest, Travis. Your fake YouTuber voice needs some work. Wow, guys. Just wow, a, what a, a wacky and crazy. Another weekend. day in Hotline League. It's whatever. How are you, Mark? Uh, I'm, I'm great. I'm really happy things are finally underway again. Uh, and kind of like what you just said, like I was posting all the stuff that was happening and I like forgot to mention the C9 things. I was like, it's crazy meta. This team, uh, is losing. These guys are winning. The game ended without ending. Oh yeah. And C9 bench. Yeah. Everyone should mention, by the way, I forgot to mention in the show opener, but we are going to be joined by dash, uh, very shortly into the show. We're talking a little bit, uh, beforehand. One of the things we'll be talking about, uh, is of course the, uh, the Echo Fox ruling, uh, where there was no Nexus explosion and they still won. But before we get into that, Mark, I just want to say, mm-hmm. I felt like the Kobe Infinity War dust away thing, mm-hmm. the joke was not executed particularly well, but you throwing your hands up and saying, yay, was very good. Thank very you. Good. Yeah, it was a it was joined by the real guests of Hotline League right now. Give me my wallet. Travis stole my wallet. That's what he does to get guests. He steals their shit and tells them, like, oh, yeah, just pick it up at this time. And then, oh, what do you know? I'm live. Yeah. Hotline Pe- League. People can't see you right now. Oh. There you go. Are you fa- Are you familiar with this show? Um, Is this the show about that dead game? Yeah. What do you think of the Echo Fox uh, ruling? Uh, it was good. I liked it. You, game was over, and... Don't make them replay the game. It's already... I mean, it's pretty much done. If you were clutch, I'd be would sad. you... You'd be sad, but you'd agree with it? Because I came back from a bigger lead than that in against Immortals. We were like 12k cold down, and we lost every tower, and they are about to end the game on us, and we came back. So, of course, I'd be fucking pissed. But what can you do? Well, so you say the game is over, but then you just described a scenario where you came back. Well, it's realistically over, but that was a miracle. That was like a miracle comeback. Okay, so the chances of a miracle comeback were... I mean, you don't remake the game because there could have been a miracle comeback. Yeah. Right. That, that would feel really shitty for Echo Fox. Yeah. Uh, Mark, do you have any anything for Peter before he leaves with his wallet? Uh, how come you've been in the background of this show more than you've actually been on this show? <laughs> Travis steals all my things and then makes me come together. That's actually not true. He, I had to he, pay... he like, locked you in bed that one time? I, I had to pay for his Dintai Every Fong. Time. But then he came here and he got in Kobe's bed. Don't get in Kobe's bed again. I think he's not happy about that. Can you? Can we One of the first times I interacted with with Double Up was a, at a CLG house party. I got really drunk and I like hopped into bed with him. And like we, I don't think we'd ever talk before that. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway, we're doing a show called Hotline League. If you're just tuning in, you might be a little confused by what's happening. I think we all are. 
um, as Julie types really loudly on the keyboard. Um, do you want to talk about the, the Echo Fox? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do because we. I want to. I want to do that before uh, Dash gets on because otherwise he's in a a weird situation. Yeah. Um, I want to get this over with so we can get Dash on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my take on this is I I am fine with the ruling as it stands. I think both you could make an argument both ways. So if they hadn't. I think, in either way, they're in a shitty position, and people are going to argue that they should have done it or they shouldn't have done it. Um, the big thing for me is I'm just frustrated. I did a video about this where I feel like these bugs keep happening, and, and quite frankly, I'm already surprised because it feels like there are more bugs in the LCS game. Like, there are just... It is amazing how many bugs are discovered in the LCS, which is a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of the amount of games that are, are played completely. And I had a lot of people that... Once I did that video, they said, Travis, I'm I'm a I'm a software developer. You might not know this, but you can never truly eradicate all bugs. So saying just get rid of the bugs that there's no bug, that's not a I get it. I get it. I am not a software developer. I know everything is gonna have bugs. But I feel like if you if you think about the sheer amount of bugs that pop up in competitive games, which are just the tiniest fraction of the amount of total games that are played, it is kind of insane. And I, I have to imagine there's a way to limit this stuff a little bit. Were there not games crashing in patch uh, 11 with with Talia on the regular server? Could they not have detected that somehow? It just, it kind of blows my mind. I don't, I, I feel like there were probably things they could be doing more to address this stuff. I also wish I could have interviewed a League Ops person yesterday. I thought it was kind of lame that they didn't let me do that. Uh, yeah, I assume... Did they not let you do it, or were they just busy working? They were they were busy. Sorry, I shouldn't say let me do it. They were busy trying to figure stuff out. I I think it would have been nice for them to come out and say we're still investigating what happened. Here's why we made the ruling because I'm I get that they can't look 100. They still have to figure out like what the cause is, and I'm sure they're going to make a statement that involves that. I think in the immediate moment, people are going to be asking why did you do this? Create this ruling. The very basic answer that was given on the broadcast is fine, but not particularly satisfying. And I think the idea that they're, like, they're just not going to talk to any media about it is kind of strange. So that's my take. Yeah, I can see that from a, how other leagues and things operate. If there's a big explosion, someone gets up and says, we're investigating cause of explosion to the media. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, technically, we, we said that on the broadcast or something, and we gave, like, a really short uh, description of, like, the, the reasoning, but whatever. It's, it's definitely not the same as talking to you or something and letting someone ask questions back. Yeah. I don't know how comfortable you are sharing your take on everything and if you feel like it was a fair yeah, remake I mean, I, and just your take overall. Yeah, I'm not dumb. So as soon as uh, that happened in the meetings after, I was like, hey, by the way, I go on a show on Mondays. What am I allowed to talk about? And, you know, they said... They gave me a couple of things I can't say, mostly related to the bug itself. Okay. Not really about the. Decision. So there are things you can't say. That's that's what we yeah. know right now. Maybe yeah. you can share with us instead the things you can say. Yeah. So from my perspective, like it kind of sucked. For obviously, like you said, there's no one's gonna be happy. Someone's gonna get wronged. Even like the way of thinking about it, like who gets fucked less, is still weird to me. You know, like. Oh man, Clutch Gaming was losing that game. Echo Fox put all that work in, and so it would have fucked Echo Fox more to remake than because you know on the desk, Jet and I were talking about like what are the chances that this team comes back 
you know, we set around 90-10 in favor of Echo Fox at that point. Uh, and so, like, if you're setting it back to 50-50, it's, it's like, arguably worse to go 90-10 to 50-50 than just to screw the team that's at the 90-10 position already. So you can, you can argue it from that perspective. Um, I know a lot of people got really mad because technically the game didn't meet any of the requirements. Or not the requirements. They're like the guidelines. Yeah, the guidelines. So it's like if the goal lead is X big, I think it's like 25%. Uh, if you're down more than seven turrets, if you've lost two inhibs, and like a lot of people start pointing to other games where they didn't, where they did offer a remake. And a lot of those times, it was just one of those conditions still not met, but only close to one of them. This game was a 10k gold lead with an inhib down, four dragons to zero. The only redeeming factor in Clutch's favor was that it was 15 to 15 in kills, um, but they still hadn't grabbed a single objective off the map with all those kills. So they were not super close to coming back, really. Like, even if they aced them at that bot inhib, like... Baron's not up for a minute 40. The most you can do is charge down mid and maybe get a mid inhib. So, like, they, they were a long way towards coming back. Yeah. So yeah. what I'll say... Oh. Go ahead. My perspective on it, and, like, because I think a lot of people were like, well, what would you have done in those things? Like, it was a weird game to be the precedence because I don't think this had ever happened before. I think this is the first time it's literally ever just been awarded game victory, whatever it's called. Uh, and this, because it didn't satisfy one of those like guidelines, it definitely feels weird to be the first example yeah. that they ever hold up. But like in the future, this is a game that will probably get awarded. And so like while it is not the ideal precedent-setting game, I, I still think it was it was the right decision. Um, and like I know Hakuho felt like he was about to kill Huni. I talked to Huni after that, and he's like, I have Banner of Command, Zanyas, and Flash Up, and you have no summoners. Like, you're not killing me there. And then the rest of Echo Fox was closer. So he thought if they engaged on him, the Clutch would have just got wiped. So, like, as well as Double's perspective, a lot of people think, like, the chance of them coming back was pretty close to zero. Yeah, I... It was really fascinating. Like, I... I expected Clutch to be frustrated, but ultimately feel like okay well whatever we lost or we're gonna lose it's just a shitty situation but like apollo is the nicest guy <laughs> in the lcs and i walked up to him afterwards and was like trying to be like oh man what a fucking shitty ending huh or whatever um and a little mimi and he was like not in a good mood right now travis and i was like whoa okay like <laughs> you know this is a really stressed out scenario whenever apollo is like not not in a good mood poor dude i feel bad for those guys i the sense i get is that the clutch guys don't this speculation they're not i don't think they're gonna say anything but my, my speculation is that they don't agree with the decision um, to me, it, it's almost like following a script. Like, the people who get fucked are never going to be, like, or, you know, quote-unquote fucked in this situation. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, totally understand that one. And, like, they're going to throw a, ten, uh, a hissy fit and, and complain about it. They should do that. I mean, that's their right as the, the, the team that had this made against them. Um, but it's also not fair to Echo Fox either. So, like, they're all like, yep, that wasn't super fair, but we came out ahead, so we can say that. I don't know. Everyone's just kind of like saying what you think they would say, given like what happened to them. Yeah, I think the the overall thing I will say, look, I, I'm not trying to be like a, a right hater or anything like that, but I, I, a lot of the content or some of the, the content that I've been making this split that is a little bit more critical of them has start, started to fall in the same bucket, which is 
I am worried that esports is not enough of a priority at Riot to sustain the like professionalizing of it that needs to happen. This is like a bigger conversation. Obviously, I don't need to go too far into it, but like, I I think it's fine to excuse these types of bugs and to say, oh well, we've got Chrono Break, but we can't always resolve this stuff. Uh, whenever you're you know several years in. But if they really want to turn this thing into something that lasts for years and years and years to come, you you need to do things like have your events announced well in advance, which was something I was frustrated with earlier in the split, and make it so that people don't just throw up their arms and go, bugs happen. Because when you've got like the bugs happen in software attitude, you just kind of excuse any bug that occurs as a bugs happen thing, and it moves on. I think... There are probably things that they could be doing. They could patch less frequently. They could be more comprehensive in their scanning of uh, the bug situation. They could, whatever. They could do a lot, I think, to uh, prevent bugs from popping up in so as, esports. As a guy with pro, that came from a programming yeah. background, like, no. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's easy to say, like, they should not have these bugs. It's like, like, like those people are saying, you can never know. And, like, until now, I can't think of a situation in the NALCS since Chrono Break has been introduced where the game was not Chrono Breakable until now. I think they did, I think at one point in time they did, they had to do a remake because it was Chrono Breakable. That, what? No, if it's Chrono Breakable then they don't need to remake. No, no, it was not, I'm saying they, it was not Chrono Breakable and so I, look, I, I forget. I think yeah, that it, they had it one. It, it, who knows, it's it, been it, around it. for a while. But, uh, look, yeah, I, Again, everyone always the response whenever I say this stuff is everyone just says, "Well, bugs are always going to exist," and I get it. I'm saying bugs exist too much in competitive League of Legends, and if you just have the mentality of bugs are always going to exist, then you could have a limitless number of bugs and constantly write them off. Like, do you think? Do you think, Mark, that there's no way that they could improve the vetting of the game? That they could take tasks if they patched less frequently. Would it be less likely to have bugs? Yeah. So that's what they could patch yeah. less frequently, for instance. Like there are things yeah, they, they could do to, to lessen the amount of bugs that show up. Yeah, but that's also like you're you're weighing that against other things, right? Like, do you want to have a shitty meta for longer because it takes longer to patch in competitive if they ever miss on a patch? Yeah, I don't know. Like that. that that's what you're weighing against. Like. Oh man, Art of Meta sensor sucked. Well, you had it for an extra month and a half because, or whatever it is, you know, when when games were super slow at the start of, of spring, like have a have another four or five weeks of fifty minute games because you don't patch as quickly. Like everything is costed against something else, and yeah. like maybe I'm crazy. I mean, a lot of a lot. Look, I I'm throwing this opinion out there, and I know I've got a lot of pushback even from the community, which. Uh, it feels weird to be more critical of Riot than the community, but uh, I just look look. I I'm familiar with other esports. There are not as many bugs that occur. There are still bugs that occur in Dota 2 and in CS:GO and others, but there are less bugs that occur in those games. Uh, to my understanding, there's not really been an instance where like games have had to be remade or reset or whatever in, in Dota, for instance. Like it's there. There are ways around this stuff, you know. Uh, and that that's my take but yeah, maybe, and, maybe we're all fine with the amount of bugs that occur 
And yeah, I, I, I'm not happy when I see a bug, but I'm not like, oh, we should revisit yeah. a lot of policies to fix this thing that happened. I mean, do you now. do you feel like the amount of bugs that occur in the LCS and and globally are acceptable right now? Uh, yeah, I don't feel like it's too bad. Okay, that's I, that's I, just ultimately that's like the core difference in our opinions. Is I feel like yeah. at this amount of point in time. There should be less of this stuff, but maybe other people have more susceptible or more more ability to accept it than I do. Yeah, and like I, depending, we'll see what we'll see what Riot says about the bug too. Because watch, like who knows what they say. Maybe when that happens, you'll feel less like rawr about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The only other thing I'll say is for people like, oh, you know, I saw some people in chat being like, just put it, just delay the game, uh, and and play it again some other time or something, or like. I mean, one, you have to accept that then that you can like, that you want to delay the game and then remake it. It's not like a broadcasting issue. I think it's more of a fairness standpoint. And two, like in some games, like some rules exist to just call the game. Like uh, I think baseball has a rule, like if it's after the sixth inning and it would have been a rain delay, you actually just call the game. Like right. some sports have rules like that too. So, you know, I think it sucks balls. I wasn't happy about it. I, if I was Echo Fox, I would I would not want to remake at all. And if I was Clutch, I would not want to. I would want to remake because it's bullshit and we didn't actually lose. Like I don't know, it's a yeah. shitty situation. Sometimes that's just how it goes. Uh, we'll have Bonnie Pan, uh, Double Lift's girlfriend, on the show in the future because she's a software programmer and is happy to talk to us about all this. Is a joke, but she's in the chat right now, offering to, to spill the beans on programming stuff. Um, other than that, what are you doing, Mark? Who are you talking to? Uh, people who's, are like, who's, one feeding, of the things, who's feeding you lines? Who's feeding no you lines to talk about on the show? Feeding me lines. Someone's saying, I listened to Dardock and he said that the game disappeared. And it's like, Dardock doesn't know what the fuck happened. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, what they tell Dardock, like, uh, while they're trying to just, like, focus on the problem is not, like, you know, indicative of what's really happening at a base level of the code. So, like, yeah, I'm not going to listen to a, a, a pro player who was told a one sentence thing and have that be like, yeah, that's what happened. The game disappeared and they just couldn't find it again. Yeah. Uh, I like anyone who's watched a shitload of League of Legends and saw that pause happen instantly rec or saw the crash happen instantly recognized it was different than like any other crash you've seen. Um, like Jat and I instantly turned to each other and we're like, that doesn't look like a, a, a crash I've seen before. Yeah, no, uh, it was super interesting. I mean, just just the way everything froze, it yeah, usually yeah. doesn't break like that. And so I think everyone knew that this was not it looked like a pause without like the pause overlay. I get yeah. that. I get that this one was particularly unique, and and obviously because yeah. of that, we ended up with a particularly unique circumstance. So yeah, yeah, that, that's like, that's what all I'm saying is like this is definitely I'm pretty sure, but like when people get into what happened, whenever Riot feels safe talking about it, and they yeah. know what their messaging wants to be, it was a pretty different situation than than other bugs in the past I look ultimately i'll say what i already say in these situations i i my my opinion is that things should be different i am voicing that opinion i don't think right is an evil company and i'm not trying to make any personal attack things should Some, be better somewhere right now in the the riot esports office someone is shaking their fist angrily at the screen and saying why does travis hate us i don't hate anybody just just raising my thought process on it would would Let's happy to do would be happy to do an interview uh, in the coming week or something to learn more about the process and be educated because uh, perhaps I'm an idiot on the subject. Anyway. Let's get Dash on here. Yes. Yes, let's do that. Uh, we need to uh, spring the screen over to something else. 
Um, is, is Dash in Discord? I think I can go to this one safely. Yeah. Um, switching over. I've got him somewhere on James. Oh, can you add him to for some? I think you have him on Discord or on Skype, and I don't. Oh, I saw him come online, so I guess. Yeah, I'll... that you must have added him to the last show he was on. So can you add him to this call? No one. I've switched the screen, so you can you can do so. Is that no? That's a contact. That's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> How do I add people to this goddamn call? There should go. be an add button. Technology, people. As you can see right now, it's very complicated. If I if I can't run the show smoothly, maybe maybe the bugs in the LCS are acceptable. <laughs> um, okay. I see the call. I think Dash is in it. He just needs to mute himself. Yeah, I see his video. Oh, I see him on Discord too. Everyone's trying Thanks, to guys. There we go. All right. I assume that's the right dash on Discord. Yes. Dash is you. One sec. Let me adjust volumes. All my volumes are. That voice doesn't up. sound like Dash. Maybe you also need to mute on on Skype. Yeah, I muted on Skype. All right. So... All right you say I... this doesn't sound like me? It's an imposter, I think. <laughs> um. Dash, tell us an embarrassing story about yourself to, so that we know it's actually you. Oh, that sounds like a great method of verification. Yeah, yeah, that's how I verify all the people in my life. Even when I see them in person, I'm like, this, I've seen a lot of sci-fi shows. This person might not actually be themselves. Please tell me something embarrassing, a private yeah. secret you wouldn't want anybody else to know. Okay. Uh, okay. I think I've got everything set up. I think I've got everything set up. We're pushing live Actually, right now. Actually, you know what? Can I give you me 10 seconds? Sure, sure. All right. Oh, yeah, Travis, at some point, I'm going to need to run downstairs and open the door for somebody. That's fine. You want to tell us who? My girlfriend. Well, things are getting serious if you're opening the door for her during the show. Congra yeah. Okay. Congratulations to Mark on uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. exciting improvements in his life. All right, Dash, you're on the show. Just so you. What's you know. up, everyone? Oh yeah, my hair's going nuts. Yeah, yeah. This is fun. Can you? Where's Cassandra? Get her right here. Where is Cassandra? Why don't she just showed up uh, right now and fixed her hair? They surprised James with. There we go. Oh, you're blurring that picture. Unfortunately, it's not as dark as it was last time when I came on the show, so my yeah. lights aren't showing up. But I well, we moved the I show to accommodate your schedule. No, I know. I appreciate. You that. have a you busy guys... nightlife. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, well, we want uh, you on the show so, that badly. But... Uh, so uh, I guess I should officially address the fact that Dash is on the show. Dash is joining Ooh. us on Hotline League. This is he, I think he's the first ever guest to appear twice, if you don't count Kelby, who's somewhat of a co-host. Uh, wow. So welcome back, yeah. Well, thank you very much. Am I wrong in that, Mark? Uh, I'm trying to think of an exa another example, and I can't. Yeah. So I assume you're right. I think that's it. Well, either way, uh, welcome to the show, Dash, again. Thank you. How was uh, LCS weekend for you? Kickoff weekend? Uh, it was good. I mean, it's funny. We still walked away from the weekend, I think, saying, damn, that was more tame than we thought. But yeah. that's just given the way the rest of the regions played and kind of some of the stuff that we saw come out, like triple support comps with an ADC in the jungle, you know, uh, Darius bot lane. Like, where was that? 
or you know uh just some more stuff but ultimately i had a ton of fun watching you know all yeah the there was some statistic that i think emily ran tweeted out that we use we we kept with marksman more than any other region like lck i think had like a 35 percent marksman usage rate and i think we had like 80 percent or 90 or something yeah now granted the win rate of adcs in uh na was actually positive or yeah. above 50 percent, whereas in other regions it was like 33 percent. So. so here's what that tells me the jaded if you are if you are down on north america the story there is we our adcs only know how to play adcs and they can't learn how to play other stuff quickly enough so the win rate is super high here because when they try to play something else it doesn't work yep uh, but maybe, maybe uh, we're just ahead of the game. We've realized that all this experimentation in these other regions is just bullshit. It's hard to say. It's yeah. actually hard to say because yeah. at times you like you watch a game, and it's like, well, very clearly scaling on an ADC can or on certain ADCs can still work. Yeah. Um, but then in other cases, it's like, well, the game isn't going to go past twenty-five minutes, so why would you ever play an ADC? Yeah. Did you, did you guys get to see any of the uh, tailgate out front? Not when I it's unfortunately like... did not. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, Mark, it's it's sad to me that you didn't get a chance to see it because uh, thinking back to the days when it was just you and Josh with a CRT in the the parking the lot playing Smash, and then eventually I hear getting shut down for having a barbecue, an yeah. unauthorized barbecue. Uh, I I think it's a little different now. Like uh, Team Liquid had a whole truck out there with like a whole broadcast studio in it. Uh, like all the all the different teams besides the new guys had all different stuff. There was a a TSM pinata uh, that was. Oh, I need to mute those uh, alerts. Um, There's a TSM pinata that CLG brought that was filled with salt. I don't know if you guys heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was we, pretty we good. We showed that on broadcast. Actually. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty good. And by the way, your guys' new studio. Talk to me about the new studio because that looks amazing. Oh, it's glorious. It's so glorious. I mean, so when I first started working, well, in this studio space, um, the analyst desk was originally in that same same area. And then it was when we went to dual streams, we turned that into the battle theater. So that space kind of got like yanked away from us, which uh, – which was like a little bit of a bummer. Uh, ultimately, though, like getting all that space back is amazing. Now having like just more tools and diversity for what we can we do on the set, having more looks. I mean, you've already seen us do interviews over there with Avali. We did the one uh, little Telestrator segment with Mark. Uh, we have this massive video wall behind us, which just allows us to use so many more different graphics assets and whatnot when it comes to telling stories. Um, without having to just like put a full gra a full screen graphic up there, uh, we can kind of do both uh, at the same time. Uh, so yeah, ultimately, I mean, I'm in heaven now. Yeah, I, they look super cool. I'm trying to remember, were you guys able to walk between the different sets before, like years ago, whenever you were in that old uh, space? No, well, back back in that day, all we had was a desk. Yeah, and so it was just a desk with a screen behind and whatnot. Yeah, because I was gonna say, it's I like mean, a full studio. Yeah, you know, you're like using ESPN it way differently. Yeah. yeah, well, we don't see that on the show, but yes, uh, <laughs> much like a Travis Gafford Studios studio, I think is what, yeah, what you exactly. mean to say. Yeah, that sounds say. all right. Yeah, uh, really impressive. Uh, Mark, are you enjoying that space? Not at all. All right. Well, I tried, and the start of the show was great. 
Uh, was that a bird scooter that you were on, Mark? Did you have to rent that? Uh, I don't think I'm allowed to comment. <laughs> Can I don't you? Think we want, I don't think we yeah. want the LCS uh, sounding like it's endorsing a specific scooter company, okay, but okay. I was in fact on some motorized scooter that you rented that that you can rent. Okay. From a phone. Okay. That's great. I love the idea that you're like, okay, I've rented it. Well, the show's ready. We can start using it. Well, like the whole thing is yeah, actually... How much did that cost you? 50 cents? <laughs> I actually don't even really know because my phone's so old. We had one of the graphics uh, people help me rent it. Uh, but I we used my credit card on her phone. And then I didn't have my, the phone on me. So when the thing locked itself, like a minute before we went live, I just had to hope that she unlocked it in time. <laughs> what What phone do you have? I have a Samsung Galaxy S5 with a yeah. cracked case. And... Gotcha. Okay. It's pretty bad. All right. Let's not talk about my phone here. Yeah. That's, that's embarrassing. You should feel bad. Uh, it just felt, before we get into calls, I'll just wrap it up by saying, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but like I, there's part of me every time, I will admit, every time a split's about to start, I go, no, no, my weekends, my weekends, I, I like these things. No, no, don't take these away from me. Um, and then the moment I, every time, the moment I get to like the, the parking lot out front and I start to see all the, the faces again and like the games kick off and you get that first big upset and you see like all the crazy stuff. Uh, it's just, it, it, it feels like being home again. So I, I loved, uh, having LCS kick back off again. Good stuff. Good stuff. I know that feel. I mean, I think we all have that feel. It's when you're so, it's when your social life like kind of begins again on the weekends during the off season. Yeah. And you get that taste of what it's like to, you know, actually be able to go to dinner with somebody on a Saturday Yeah, that you, that you couldn't have done before or something like that, or go on a weekend vacation. Yeah. Uh, and then that slips away from you. But yeah. Uh, ultimately, yeah, it's good to, good to see professional league kick back up. Well, there's so much that happened. Uh, Mark, you should maybe explain how, how the show works for the Collins. Yeah, so for people who have not seen this show before, the way this works is we have a Discord that we are using for it. I'm going to post it into uh, Twitch chat right now. So you're going to go join that Discord. Once you do, there'll be some voice channels that you need to join, either Plub Calls or Plub Calls 2. Once you're in there, you can kind of mute yourself if you don't want to listen to people breathing. Uh, and then there's also a text channel called Plub Topics. And in there, that's where you're going to put your take. We don't want random questions, just like, do you guys like the split? And so we want to hear what you guys think about it. So I think this meta is awful. I love this meta. And then give me some reasons, hopefully. If I like what you're saying, I'll pull you into the uh, waiting room where uh, once it's your turn, I'll do a quick mic check, make sure you're good to go, and then pull you on air. Uh, the only request I have for us as hosts is because there's so much to talk about. And some of us really enjoy talking. Who, who the hell here enjoys talking? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mark. Listen, I, I'm going to try just, to cut down my answers a little bit. Yeah, all, right. all I'm going to say is, you know, there's a lot to talk about, and I know we love, all of us love talking. So I, I, I've already seen – Dash is already doing it. There's been a couple times where I said something. We had about two seconds of silence, and you could tell – you could tell James is holding Dash. himself back. He's like, yeah, I know. oh, okay, I'm, I'll say I'm something. I'm making a concerted effort this yeah. time around. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, well, either way, uh, also should mention if you are a Twitch Prime sub, you can uh, link up uh, you with your Discord. gives you access to a sub chat, uh, which will allow you to put your question in there. You can put that in the uh, sub chat instead. Oh, I need to move the Hotline League section up in Discord. Um, and that just gives you a little bit of a, a better chance of getting uh, picked because you're not competing with everybody else so much. So feel free if you're a sub to use the sub topics. 
chat and uh, if you're not a sub feel free to make better decisions with your life um mark is grabbing questions right now and while he does that i want to shout out uh to a slew of people speaking of subs who have uh, signed up uh to support the channel in the last uh little bit here we got applicative jones uh dopey d313 zavidar uh, Crossbow Burrito, who resubbed and said, uh, F you, Travis, stop taking my money. P.S. Only sub for the show and Mark, give him my money. Purple Herb subbed. Uh, Dr. Manhattan 18 resubbed for seven months and said, PogChamp, owned by HPL, call in soon. Keep the stream up. Nihilus Gamer. Uh, Tomax of Daggerspine and more uh, that I will get to in just a little bit. Uh, now, right. Mark, it's that moment as you move into the other waiting room. Oh, you found somebody. Yeah. We okay. have people ready to go, dude. We got uh, Dar King. Who is uh, joining us right now? Dark King, you've been on the show before, I believe, but maybe you can remind me where you're calling from. Uh, I'm calling from Raleigh, North Carolina, and I was on the Hotline League live. Uh, me and Dash got a, had a moment. Oh, nice. Nice. What was, was the moment? Spicy if, topic. If you can remind me. Uh, well, I was the one that didn't like the, the best of threes, and we had a, a spirited debate. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, yeah. welcome uh, back. Welcome back uh, to the show. And thank you for being a sub. What would you like to talk about on the show tonight? So I thought when I was catching up on the Fiesta meta, whether or not we like that name or not, um, I thought that this would be super fun to watch. And it turns out I was very, very wrong. I tried watching all the games this weekend, and it killed my moods at all. It was like, it was like watching it, like it was watching solo queue is what it felt like. Um, I felt like the game, as soon as there was like one major um, like team fight, the game was over, and I didn't feel like there was ever any um, competition for um, like comeback or anything like that. And even like some of the interviews that uh, you did, Travis, with um, Prawley and some of the other coaches, they're even saying like, "We don't know what's going on, and we may win, we may lose." Eh. And I was like, "That's such a..." I don't know if that's a meta you want to play in where you don't feel confident in what you're doing. And not just because you're trying new things, it's more that you feel like the meta is just like a coin flip of like, if you were able to execute off the get-go or whether or not that happens, it just feels like it was just a wash. I didn't I didn't interview Prawling, so I'm not sure uh, where you saw that. But uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to let Dash and Mark let loose here in a second. But for me, I feel like we constantly see this whenever we come back to the start of a split where... The teams have all been on break for a while. They, there's usually a pretty big patch right before spring. I mean, obviously the big season changes right before spring. And then, uh, you know, it's unsurprising that we saw one right before summer. So I feel like, generally speaking, a lot of the times it's a, a bit of a mess at the start of the split. And everybody kind of looks bad. But uh, I don't know, Mark or Dash, if one of you guys wants to pop in here. Uh, I'll go first because I, I think right. I have less to say about it. I think... The snowballing of it, I 100% agree with Darkwing, is a little out of hand, and I would love to see that get pulled back a little bit. Um, I think, you know, in one of our segments, we highlighted a bunch of changes that have sped the game up, and hopefully you can revert some of them, maybe, or in other ways, slow the game back down. But outside of that, I think, like, the whole people don't know what's going on and this and that, like, part of it I feel like is a little disingenuous and kind of people just not wanting to say their true thoughts, like, Oh, it's a coin flip meta. It's just a coin flip. It's like, no, it's not. I think a lot of the good teams still win for good reasons. Um, and how well people understand that, like Echo Fox is 2-0. They showed a good understanding of the meta. They played meta picks and put their best players on that stuff. And 
what do you know? They're too low. That's crazy. So I think and to Travis's point, a lot of the times when we come back and it's like, what do you think the meta is or something? You know, a lot of the times you hear pro players, even when it is a more st standard meta, still say, oh, we're still trying to figure it out, you know, settle in. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree uh, on everything. I, I'm with you on the snowballing aspects as well. I mean, uh, every once in a while, it's nice to see a 22-minute stomp because one team just, you know, executes so perfectly and everything goes right. Like Golden Guardians. Uh, yeah, like that. <laughs> um, you know, like yeah, sometimes it is fun to see something go quick. I don't like an average game time that is around 25, 26 minutes. That feels a little fast to me. Um, if I had to put a num number to it, I'd be like, I'd like an average game time to be 30 minutes uh to 33 um doesn't mean there aren't fast ones i think uh though i wholeheartedly agree with mark's point about uh like pro player sentiment and coach sentiment i'm not sold on the oh it's 50 50 or it's coin flip or no one knows what's good i think i i mean i think there's still an element of that where it's like no one knows what's ideal yet but that's because it was a massive change um, and I think I hear most of that from the teams that see, seem to be resistant to the idea that like, there is a best way to play league of legends right now. You just haven't found it yet, you know? And like, uh, be okay with the fact that you don't know the answer and work towards finding that answer as a pro team, because that's, what's going to separate you from the rest. And to Mark's point, Echo Fox is one of those teams that seems to be willing to do that. They're recognizing where the strengths of their players are within the strengths of, you know, the, the champion meta. Um, and they're playing to that. So. Dark King, do you I, have uh, any thoughts? Like, I, yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with the entertainment point though. Like sometimes it's not fun to see like the, just, Oh, one fight and the whole game's over. There's no comeback mechanic. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like it's, the beginning of the meta is always uh, a time to learn and like that's why i feel like uh, week two and um the the tier stages of like worlds or um the international competitions are generally more competitive and more interesting games because people have figured out what that meta is um but i feel like this one is just there's so many like more potential like picks but beyond that it's just the I just feel like it doesn't really matter what your, like your comp is. If it just loses one fight and the game ends so quickly, I don't feel like um, the there's a lot of like comeback potential. It doesn't feel like there's like the great comeback games. Like there was a the conversation with uh, Double Lift and Aframu that in the YouTube video that's not out yet from Travis that you just showed. Um, but you they were saying that uh, um, they didn't think the Echo Fox and Clutch Gaming um, call, they thought it was fair, but they thought in the future. Sorry. Whoa. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Mom aggro. Yeah, my, my uh, echo went off. Typical. Oh, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. where was I going? Oh, yeah, they were saying that the, they thought that the that match was over, but in, I think, another meta, I think there would have been comeback potential. I yeah. think that's, I guess, my the end of my conversation with that is just, I felt like that match was definitely over in this meta um, with where they were, 
But I think in another meta that that, that evaluation of that call maybe would have been differently because, oh yeah, they could have stalled out the game, made it the 45 minutes, God help us all. And, they, and then Clutch Gaming could have came back from that. Um, but in this meta, they've already lost uh, an ace. They're about to get steamrolled into their base. There was really a difficult chance that they're going to come back. Yeah. I think it's also also worth noting that like comebacks aren't impossible. Like I I'm definitely in the sentiment that like oh man you know you often see like one seven minute Drake fight and it feels like the game's over. But the C9 versus Clutch game, Clutch actually came back and made that even after getting three furrowed three minutes into the game, uh, and they won some fights after that, but they still ended up losing that game. So I don't feel like it's fair to call that game. Like that game was technically in my mind a comeback. There's the actual comeback from the TSM versus CLG game. Uh, but I, I ultimately, I, I just want to kind of big comeback over an EU comebacks are possible. They are more difficult. They happen yeah. less. I definitely agree there. Um, yeah. I just don't want people to get the sense because the same thing happened with marksmen. It's like, oh man, there's other things in the bot lane and marksmen aren't the clear cut answer anymore. Marksmen are dead. I don't want and that to happen. And then double it in game one and stomps with it. Yeah. I don't want to happen with, with <laughs> comebacks where it's like comebacks are dead. It's like, no, we just saw some comebacks. They're not dead. They're just... It's a lot harder right now. There should be more of them, I think. Yeah. Very good. Well, hey, thank you so much, Darking, for uh, joining the show. Yep. Thanks for having me on, guys. How going? Thank you, dude. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Mark, really quickly, I am ah. going to spit out this cough drop so I can do an ad. Isn't that great? Uh, Is that all right. part of the ad? Did you spit it into a special holder of cough drops? No. Oh. No. But guess what, everybody? I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about. Do you guys in Twitch chat? Do you know what I'm going to talk about? I think you probably know what I'm going to talk about. We're going to talk about talk about Omen by HP, the only sponsor this show has ever had, and ultimately the best sponsor they've ever had because of that. Um, and and also they're great. They do great stuff. Uh, Mark rocking that Omen by HP headset right now. All this stuff back here. This is Omen by HP stuff. This is where my producer. Uh, it's hard at work on the Omen by HP rig behind me. She's not actually my producer. She's just back there. Um, anyway, they you might have heard they announced a sponsorship of Cloud9. That's really cool. Uh, and they also have, they sponsor a bunch of different stuff. They came into the space not too long ago, just a couple of years ago, and realized the value of competitive gaming, uh, that esports was something where there was such a, a great deal of passionate fans, and they realized that they wanted to support it across all sorts of different levels. Uh, and so that's why you see them uh, sponsor everything from Overwatch League to teams to all the way down to uh, Mark and my, you know, uh, modest production here. Uh, and so they, they do a whole lot. They do a whole lot to help us out. Um, a lot of people know that Mark suffered uh, during the break. Uh, there was not anything for him to do. Uh, there was no MSI. There was no... He, but he still had this show. And it was Omen who uh, was kind of carrying him through that time. I've got a, I've got good news for you guys, by the way. Uh, they they're coming out with new accessories, uh, that which they recently announced, and we've done this twice before. This is the third time we're going to do this. I'm going to put it into Twitch chat right now. We're doing a giveaway. We're doing a giveaway right now with them. Uh, you can sign up for the giveaway there. Have a chance to win uh, those accessories. I think that runs through next week. Uh, if you're watching the VOD, you can check it out in the YouTube links as well. But we want to thank uh, Omen by HP so much for their support of the show. Uh, so thank you to Omen. Now it's time to move into the next caller. Mark, do you want to go find us somebody? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Thanks so much, uh, Twitch chat, for being so nice. 
and generous during the ad breaks, by the way. Uh, Dash, how did you spend your break? Uh, you mean just now? No, no, no not just now. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, between MSI and uh, NALCS? Yeah. Uh, I spent it uh, in uh, Big Bear that- for a weekend for my uh, roommate's birthday. Then my parents were in town for a bit. And then uh, I went up to San Francisco with my uh, gorgeous, gorgeous girlfriend for another weekend, uh, just last weekend. Uh, so I've been traveling a lot, just kind of bouncing around, seeing friends. I had I had a group of like six or seven friends come stay for a week in L.A. during that yeah. amount of time as well. So kind of all over the place, but it's been good. Yeah. Didn't didn't invite you on here to brag about how gorgeous your girlfriend is, but that was that was really you know she's watching the show. So oh, you know what? I that. she's Just super want her to know that. I'm glad I'm glad <laughs> you brought it up. Fantastic. Event Nexus is here. Event Nexus, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Springfield, Massachusetts. Great, great. Glad to have you on. Thanks for being a Twitch sub. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I wanted to talk about the C9 benching. Uh, ooh, okay, spicy topic. I was waiting for somebody to talk. Okay, what's your take? Okay, my take, especially based on that uh, interview that you put out earlier today with Jack, where he mentioned that uh, he heard from Reaper that he thought the players weren't really showing drive or hunger to be it improve or to really just you know get wins in this meta. Um, I think that is a fantastic reason to bench them because if you don't have drive, you know you can get replaced, you know, it could be to try to light a fire under you, or it could be to actually promote talent you think might do better coming from Academy. Um, both of which I think are perfectly good reasons because this, like, these are jobs for the, for these guys. This is just like an actual game. Um, so they really need to take it seriously and try to improve. Like it doesn't matter if they don't enjoy the meta. Um, obviously that's, you know, up to game design, but as far as as far as they're concerned, their job is to win games, improve, and try to carry their team as far as they can. It doesn't really matter if they don't like the champion that they have to do it on. Yeah, I don't know if I, I'm not sure if it. A lot of people have been speculating it was because of the meta. I think that might be Reddit trying to put their opinions on the meta onto why players are are not don't have as much drive uh, as possible. I think one of the interesting things before we directly address your your thoughts is like it's just an interesting i don't think that jack would have ever done this in a non or in a in a relegation world it's interesting now that like you know jack can say hey these guys aren't performing up to snuff i'm going to take the much bigger risk by putting my challenger academy uh players in uh and sort of risk the fact that we're gonna have a bad split because long term this will be better better for the org uh, but I don't know, Mark or, or Dash, do you disagree uh, with the caller? Do you have any thoughts on it? Uh, I don't know if it's the meta or not. That's just, I mean, I've never heard of lack of motivation issues with Sneaky or Jensen before. So, like, the timing, I think, makes it seem like that. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I so I cannot speak to the reason uh, that they were uh, – swapped at all just because i don't have again all we've been told what the oric has told everyone else you know um but if it is what would you know what you you stated then you're speaking my language like i I think that awesome in the franchise system uh that it allows an owner or a coach to uh 
use their tools of motivation or whatever it is in order to get their team uh, moving in the right direction. And if this is what these players need to light a fire under their ass, um, then then great. I don't know if their ex- yeah I don't know if their expectation was oh well the meta will go back in like a week or two or whatever so like we don't have to try on these other champions or what. Um, but I'm very happy to see academy players one being swapped into the LCS for whatever reason. Uh, and two, finding success. I mean, they winning, going one and one in week one, uh, and as well, a lot of people looking at their first loss as a game that would have been entirely winnable if uh, if they didn't give up those three early kills. Well, I, I love the move by the org. Um, so I just I just can't speak to the reason why. Yeah, I, the one one of the things that just impressed me was like. Uh, you are one of the most popular orgs, and your your popularity is carried by uh, three really big names. And you decide to bench all three of them at once. That's like a bold move, uh, at the very least, because a lot of I think a lot of owners, and maybe Jack did feel this way before he made the decision, would be nervous to do something like that. It was such an unpopular decision right before the start of the split, and and kind of they came out and and what at least in the beginning was a, a pretty respectful. Um, yeah, these other guys are trying really hard, you know, which kind of implied maybe the other guys aren't trying as hard. Uh, it was just an, an interesting take. Uh, I mean, Mark, separating like the the conversation around the meta or whatever, what what do you think of the, the decision? Uh, I mean, regardless of the meta or not, I, I like the... I don't like that Sneaky and Jensen are not in the LCS. I wish they were in there, but it is nice to see an org kind of putting their foot down. I think over the course of the LCS, there has been a number of times, some of which I have heard about while I was coaching, that something like this probably should have happened, but people either due to relegation or desire to go to Worlds did not put their foot down in a way that they might have been able to. So I think this is one of the first times that it has happened and that's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I also agree with that point. I don't, I don't enjoy not seeing Sneaky and Smoothie and uh, Jensen in the LCS. Like we all know that these are very talented players with that we have watched for for years. Uh, Sneaky especially, um, they should be playing in the LCS, but they should be playing in the LCS when they are, you know, uh, checking all the boxes of an LCS player and. Again, that's for the org and the coach to decide, are they meeting all these requirements to deserve to play uh, in the LCS? I mean, they lost to CLG's academy team in the, child, yeah. in the academy league last week, which is interesting. I mean, I think that's like, if, if regardless of motivation, it's like these guys are down in cat, not stellar performances. They don't look great. They don't look terrible. They're just kind of there. And let's say, you know, Keith and Golden Glue and stuff are actually looking good, then it makes sense. Yeah. Even from a purely objective standpoint. Right. Do you have uh, any other thoughts or takes on that event, Nexus? I mean, we kind of, it sounds like we mostly agree with you. Yeah, I'd say um, I saw a couple people in chat mentioning that uh, the benching decision was made before the meta shift. And I just said that I'd go off what Jack and Reaper had said, based since the players haven't really said anything definitive whether or not they can i don't know um and then of course there is that like legitimate worry that this is all a smokescreen for making money in that like arena deal or something they could be making players scapegoats like if they if sneaky jensen and smoothie all come back next week to play i'd say like maybe it's closer to that 
case, like that becomes a slight possibility. But right now I'd say that I put my trust in uh, Jack and Reaper since he's been their coach long enough. I don't think he would have brought something up to Jack if he didn't honestly think there might be a reason to bench the players. Yeah. yeah I mean, it was easy to think that at first. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. The, the whole deal thing for their academy stream, like promo, and that's why they're down there is like, just no fucking way. Like no player. It's just would hard, like... They should. I don't think there's any way that that's the case. It was really hard not to think it was the case whenever they announced it at the exact same time. It's like yeah, yeah. we've got an academy streaming deal, and by the way, our three most popular players are going to be on that academy team this week. I, I get it, but like if you just look at the like risk reward, it's like that is just so horribly imbalanced. Yeah, and and, and like, by the on way, top of the fact like the human element of like, do you think Reaper this like? And, and Jensen and Sneaky are like, yeah, dude, fuck it. Let's just uh, slum it up in Academy and ruin our chances to get to Worlds, potentially. Hey, the Academy is a prestigious league. They're not slumming it up at all, Mark. How dare you? Smurf it up. That's d- what I said. Yeah, yeah, smurfing. Yeah. Yes, they're yeah. smurfing it up. That's a much better. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and anybody who watches the interview uh, that I did, which is on my YouTube channel right now, for those that haven't watched it, and they should – uh, there's, it's pretty obvious that, that Jack is really disappointed in the, the players, which, and by the way, like I straight up asked him, like it was cause Jat, I, it was interesting to see Jat just on Twitter directly tweeting the players. Like, what the fuck are these tweets? Essentially, you know, he didn't say that, yeah. but he's essentially like, what is going on? Like you guys are just memeing about this. Is this real or not? And, uh, and so I asked Jack about it and, you know, he's, he is the first time I can remember, uh, an owner expressing pretty obvious frustration with his own players. Um, and maybe rightly so, depending on, on who you ask, but it, it was interesting for sure. Yeah. I just say like, if anyone's ever heard like a CEO of a company they work for or something like that, talk about like a not so bueno situation. That's like literally what I heard him talk. I don't think he was trying to, you know, hide anything. He was legitimately disappointed with uh, what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Event Nexus. Thanks so much for calling in. Thanks Thank for having me. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next caller, I want to give a shout out to a couple different people uh, that are here. Uh, Go Good, Good John Daniel has subbed. Uh, Real Foxy gifted a sub to Nick Allen. Congratulations, Nick Allen, who's definitely never subbed himself, but it's a sub for four months. Uh, Arrogant one, Atrioc has subbed. Shout out to Atrioc. Good pal. Works at NVIDIA. Oh, Atrioc. Yeah. Oh, boy. The worst fizz known yeah. to man. Yeah. I was watching his Smash uh it's not a very good melee player either. Uh, it looks like, looks like we're back with Sack DMB. Is that how it's pronounced? Close enough. Close enough. Close enough. All right. <laughs> I like it. Let's just uh, we'll just roll forward with that. Uh, Sack DMB, where are you calling from? Uh, Orange, California. Orange, California. Okay, so close by. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? So. Um, after watching the LCS this weekend, I think that this is like by far the best meta for the competitive scene that we've had. Um, just because like now teams can have their own individual identities, um, and I think that's really cool because like you know in other traditional sports like football, um, you have teams that are like you know they're really run heavy or they they do a lot of passing because. Um, you know, they have like a really good running back or whatever. So, you know, you know, the Oakland Raiders as, you know, such and such a team and they have such Yeah, can, can you speak up a little bit, Sack? Sorry, I've turned you up as much as possible, but. Yeah, sorry. Um, is that better? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just uh, speak, throw, throw your voice out there. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I think it's really cool that we can have teams that are kind of crafting their own identities. Um, you know, we had teams like um, 
double if you know played Zaya this weekend. Pretty traditional build around your ADC. Um, we'll kind of ignore that awful Vladimir game and act like it didn't happen. Um, but then you have teams like Echo Fox who are kind of moving Huni around and putting him in his best matchup to just try and flex him wherever they can. Um, in the EU, you had like G2 playing Heimerdinger bottom and building around that, and then um, like a, a Fnatic put Kai Samid and just funneled everything into um, Caps. And that was really cool because like it was a really strange game the whole way through, and it felt like they were just getting their asses kicked, and then all of a sudden they just like blew up at the end. Um, so I think it's just kind of cool how we're, I think we're going to see teams actually start to carve out their own identities. Like, you know, this is a team that typically plays the traditional ADC, whereas this is a team that, um, you know, tries to do like that gold funnel strategy because that's what they're good at. Yeah. I I mean, we, we spoke with a caller a little bit ago who, who felt like this was a terrible benefit. For me, it was super fun to see all the crazy stuff that was happening. Uh, I mean, Anera was talking about how they've been messing around with roll swaps. Stardock said in an interview with me that he was uh he'd been wanting to roll swap for a while it seems like a lot of the veteran players in particular are really embracing this uh it's kind of funny that peter said he was so excited about playing different characters in the bot lane and then had that vlad performance but i it's it's been cool to see it's been cool to see sort of the the different ways in which all the different teams have, have utilized it i don't know if i agree that it's allowed all of them to have a unique identity because i mean that I think we'll have to see over time if that occurs, but I think a lot are having identity crisis. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. We've been, I've been throwing to Mark recently, so let's go with Dash first. Yeah, I mean, so I I again pretty much agree with most of what you're saying. Um, I enjoy uh, seeing change, um, and I enjoy diversity. Um, the one thing that I don't love is the gold funnel strat. If we're talking specifically about the meta, that I don't necessarily enjoy watching gold funnel strats because I don't want to see some of my favorite players or some of like the best players in the world playing things like Tarek or playing things like Braum in the mid lane. Um, granted, one thing that we've talked about on the analyst test is we're waiting to see more teams start putting those star players in the jungle then. You know, like Echo Fox is doing, they're choosing to take their star player and put him in whatever role in that game or that draft they're going to choose to carry um, or do something, you know, interesting. So, hey, run the Yi funnel comp but put Faker on it. I would be curious to see how that works instead of putting Faker on Tarek. But in general, I don't enjoy metas that encourage non-interaction and a lot of those gold funnel strats encourage non-interaction because you're trying to get to a, an item breakpoint um and get enough ahead on a single champion that you then can interact with the opposing team but with such a large advantage you can't lose so i don't really love to see the meta in that way but pretty much in every other way we're seeing it manifest right now the fact that we're seeing yasuo's and swains in the bot lane along with mordekaiser's darius's uh Anything from Brahms to Brands to we're seeing Nocturne and we're seeing crazy stuff in the top lane too. Like I love the diversity and I love that it's forcing teams to start to reevaluate like how they approach the game um, and what they prioritize. Because again, we're seeing some teams immediately more successful than other teams. I think at understanding how to win given the meta. I would only disagree with Dash on the goal funneling strategy if I felt like it was the best way to play the game or like clear cut that way. 
And as of right now, just based off its gold or its win rate and its pick rate and things like that, I don't mind because it, that it exists because it feels more like an opt-in strategy. Like if 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 it's the optimal way to play and Faker has to play Yi or uh, Tarek, then like, yeah, fuck that. But like, I'm pretty convinced right now from what I've seen that they don't have to be doing that. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm more mad at I'm more mad at the players on the team for picking that for for Faker than I am at the Riot Balance team. But either way, I don't want to I don't want to see it either. It's just right. who I'm at it. Sack, do you have any any additional thoughts? Yeah, and like the gold funnel strategy of all the new ones that we've seen is definitely my least favorite, just for the fact that it's like. You know, you literally just watch everybody feed gold into the mid laner, and then all of a sudden, like we saw in the Fnatic game, at the end, it like does you know a 180, and you know all of a sudden Fnatic's in their base blown off. So nothing, you know, just the team that's gold funneling just either does nothing or just gets stomped for 20 minutes, and then you know now with 600 CS or whatever, he just blows up and kills everybody. But I think the fact that that is such a like Mark was talking about such a niche strategy. It, you know, not everybody can do it. It's definitely not on paper just the go-to best strategy. Um, I think it's pretty cool, and you know, we won't see it every game, but like some teams might be good at it and pull it out every now and again. So I think it'll just be it'll be refreshing that it's not just like who can do the one-three-one the best. Okay, you're the best team. It's like um, you know, we'll see different strategies every game, and and I think it'll help from a viewer's perspective of not getting so stale um, because we'll constantly be having you know one or two games of this strategy, one or two of this one, rather than just, you know, the same four ADCs. And it's like, oh, wow, we're seeing Zaya again. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Zach, is there anything besides gold funneling you don't like about the meta? Um, I pretty much enjoyed most of it. Like, I thought I thought all the games, like Heimerdinger or Bottom was really exciting and, and cool to see, and it wasn't, like, too crazy and out there. Um, and then we had, like, you know, we had a couple traditional ADC games. Like, it was cool to see... Um, you know, I, I play um, pretty much just Ezreal, so, like, you know, as, as somebody that plays ADC, like, Ezreal's still meta, but I was kind of like, oh, no, like, our marksman dead, but it was kind of cool to just see double lift like, shit on everyone that's saying that, like, look, I can still play Zaya, she's supposed to be one of these terrible crit ADCs and still win, so. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the weekend. I thought it was one of the best ones I've seen so far. Yeah. Thanks, Zach, so much for the, uh, the call. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. Thank you, man. Moving on, a couple more, couple more people uh, to shout out. Uh, sham, sham, sham! Gifted a sub to Colors of Life, Deplex subbed, Beto sixty nine, Hasterius subbed, Purple Ray Q resubbed for two months. Skyfall three six six five, uh, Chichuro, which is literally how it's spelled, uh, resubbed for two months, uh, and then uh, Karkov PhD resubbed uh, at tier three for two months. Thank you so much to Karkov. All hail the based god. Is calling in. Uh, where are you that calling? That's on your screen. That's what it says. <laughs> that used to be my old one. Well, for me, it says C White X. C White X is calling in. <laughs> uh, well, either way, uh, what what is your? I don't know why it's showing that. Discord is uh, up to no good. What? Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Have you been on the show before? I have not. Okay. Uh, we've. I feel like we've had somebody from Columbus before, but maybe it's a big city with more than one person. Uh, what would you like to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, my hot take is that this is the best competitive meta we've had since like season three and four, and that there's only two teams being TSM and Echo Fox that are actually playing it correctly. Oh, okay. Well, we already talked to somebody who says that the meta is great, so I don't know if we need that. But explain to me a little bit about why only TSM and Echo Fox are playing it correctly. Um, for me, it's about 
the way that they're playing towards their players' strengths themselves, like individually. So we've seen like Bjergsen on the Aurelia twice, and like they're identifying that like Sven is playing traditional marksman because that's what he's the best at, and then Bjergsen's playing hard carry mid laners like what we remember him playing the Zeds and everything when he was popping off in the beginning, not the Galios and stuff of like the past couple seasons. And I think that that's why they maintained like their strength so far just in the first weekend. And what will carry them through the season is that they're able to find their players' strengths and play to those really well. Even with uh, Echo Fox, they moved Hooney around and put him in the roles that they needed him. And he's arguably one of the best players, if not the best player in the NALCS. Gotcha. Well, um, Mark? Uh, or, are you saying that they're going to stay the best teams or that they're the best teams right now? I think that they're going to stay the best teams because of that. Ooh. I might disagree on that point. I think they're the best teams right now in that it felt like they knew what they wanted to do in. Like, I don't think Golden Guardians with, like, definitely saying, I don't, something along the lines of, like, he just not really comfortable or he doesn't really like non-marksman. I forget yeah, which one it was. He told, he inter- I interviewed him, and he says he presses the X in the top right corner of his client whenever he, he <laughs> yeah, can't play right. marksman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the fact that he played Vladimir to me was like, why, dude? Like, they didn't ban out all the marksmen. Like, I don't think the matchups was that bad. Like, you could probably find a marksman to play there. So, like, some some teams just straight up seem like they're experimenting right now, uh, whereas to base god or CYX's point, that, yeah, like, I think Echo Fox has some stuff that they have up their sleeve that they practice on. It makes sense for their roster. Same with TSM. They're still playing the meta in terms of the strong picks, uh, but they're not, like, really branching out there and trying – to put Sven on things that Sven doesn't really want or enjoy playing. Yeah, yeah. I largely agree. Um, I think I would throw two other teams in. I think Echo Fox is probably just right now number one. This is off of two game sample size, so understand that that's very little information. But I would probably put Echo Fox up there. Um, I do agree similarly that TSM is playing the meta smartly because they are playing to their strengths, as you mentioned. Um, not branching out further than they need to. Um, I would throw C9 up there, and I would throw CLG up there based on um, C9, again, uh, showing us uh, things like the Nocturne Jungle, which no one else is uh, showing, uh, with the cup, uh, paired with the Shen Top, so really utilizing like globals. Um and level six mechanics to to find their leads and that's how they initially found their comeback in uh their game one that they ended up losing and then clg as mark pointed out their day one draft was like really really intriguing uh it was the orn brahm uh renekton where renekton ended up going mid uh but they very easily could have put brahm mid with orn bottom uh renekton top or whatever uh and so it's just like a really flexible draft uh that I think still had a lot of tools uh, to win the game. Um, so I, I, I would probably put a few more teams up there in terms of, I wouldn't be so ready after week one to say two teams are definitively the top two teams in the league. And Mark will is, remain there. does C9 and CLG deserve the honor as well? I think they deserve the honor of like feeling like they knew what they wanted to do. I think like the first game for C9 was just a tragedy. Like, <laughs> I thought like, oh yeah, brand sounds good. Yeah, okay. And then they just die. That was that was a little rough. Yeah. I'm not quite sure either of those teams look better than 
those other two teams right now. No, I don't think by execution or even by, you know, game result, they look better. But they're playing the game. In a a conversation of which teams understand the meta or how they should play in the meta and might, you know, be top-tier teams through the first few weeks, like, I would put them in that conversation because I don't think you can also say after two games that TSM just is top two. Okay, yeah. I I would say... Uh, I would include Team Liquid then if if it's like I think they're really good. I think level one they probably tried to do something that in theory can work and is a cute strategy, but they just fucked up on. Like if Ole and Doublelift went to the wave together level one, Ole cues it, Doublelift e's it, they execute with the Targon stacks on the Alistar and they push the wave together. They probably close like get that into turret before the enemy team gets back or at least make it so that they're fine. Instead, they get frozen on, and then it just all goes downhill from there. And with how the meta is, it was kind of over. Uh, and Golden Guardians did play well as well. So I, I would say I expect Team Liquid to bounce back pretty heavily. And I didn't, I didn't read too far into that loss. I was just like, well, that was one of the dumbest things I've seen of Vladimir try to do. Yeah. Uh, CYX, what do you think about the CLG C9 idea? Um, for me, it's kind of weird. Because Sinan, when they subbed in the three, obviously everyone's going to be skeptical because losing Jensen Sneaky and Smoothie is kind of a big shift. But, I mean, overall, I think they played pretty well. You can see the synergy of those Academy players together. Um, for CLG, they looked, I think they looked pretty good. Their loss to TSM was kind of tragic. But, I mean, overall, I think those teams do look pretty decent. I guess for me, it's just... I'm seeing a lot of people playing things like obviously you're saying trying it out and it is the, only the first week, but I'm seeing a lot of people like picking the Vladimir and like, it's like stuff like that in the bot lane and it just looks bad to me every time I see them like puddle when they shouldn't and just stuff like that. It's just you can see like the not polish on. I like I, I want to change the spell name to puddle now. Yeah. <laughs> he puddled. <laughs> but yeah, like you can see like the lack of polish on those champions and it's like clearly marksmen are still a viable and strong strategy and i would just like to see other teams just rely on what they're strong at currently and then while they maybe learn the new things that could be viable in those positions but it seems to me that tsm and echo fox have already figured that out and then barring some crazy meta shifts which obviously is very possible with such a volatile patch and everything like that but i could see them just maintaining this momentum and like strength throughout just because with other changes like the snowballing of games and things like that. If that doesn't change too much, then I could see them just closing games out and destroying for the rest of the split. Dash, you look like you're in a trance right now. What? Is, that, is everything okay? I'm you're, great. you're like turned and you're like looking no, I'm at something. Swi- I'm just swiveling in my chair. Oh, okay. Very thoughtful about everything. Yeah, exactly. All right. Very good. I, I can't believe everybody's sleeping on Golden Guardians. Come in there, bust down the Team Liquid door in, what, 22 minutes? It's the year of the Lord. Uh, I mean, they crushed them. I, I don't want to, like, I mean, that CYX is saying it. I don't want to say it, but it might be the year of the Lorlo. It might be the year of the Lorlo. Travis, well on record, where do you think uh, Golden Guardians will round out the year? Sixth. Oh, this is good. Sixth? Yeah. Playoff, playoff, playoff team. Yeah. All right. I think they sneak in. One v nine raid boss, lower low Aatrox. I think they sneak in. And by the way, that's not entirely because Golden Guardians is so good. It's because I'm hearing like behind the scenes, and you know, kind of thought there are a lot of teams that are just really bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, and but also, by the way, a lot of teams that are really good. Like I'm, I'm pretty excited because I think uh, TSM should be a stronger contender this split than they have been. I think I don't think Clutch is going to fall. Like. 
I'm uh, I'm pretty excited for Summer Split. I don't know. Lyra is playing pretty damn well right now. Yeah, Lyra looks good. Two games, but yeah. you know, again, I don't know. Your last split. I don't know if we're gonna end up uh, like. I don't know if the region overall is going to send strong enough contenders to really shake things up at Worlds, but uh, I do think that things are going to get spicy around playoffs. We should see some interesting stuff there. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Either way, thank you, CYX, for calling in. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, dude. All right. Uh, moving on. we got about uh, four or five more callers left. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Shiny Froki, who we for four months. I love you, Dadford. I don't know what that means. Uh, Zenigma, this is Poggers. Uh, somebody with the name Dash. Mark, do you see him having the name Dash? It was I, a... I did in chat, but I changed it to my normal one. Okay, it hasn't updated for me, so it still says Dash. It, what is your it, regular yes. one? <laughs> it's Lord Mordath. It's what? Lord Mordath. Lord Mordath. Uh, not Dash, Lord Mordath. Were you trying to sneak into the show before Dash? Well, it's no. a Dark Dash is number one number fan. Number one fan, exactly. Okay. See, right now it just says Dash to me. Wait, Dark Dash is number one fan? Dark Dash yeah. is the real one. Oh, get yeah. out. Not the real one. Yeah. Get out. Or is Dark Dash the real Dash? That's a good question. We don't know. Oh, yeah, it's uh, we don't know. If Dark Dash becomes the real Dash, this universe is in a dark place. Uh, Lord Mordath, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Las Vegas, Nevada. Las Vegas. Nice. Cool. Uh, oh, when I click your name, it shows it. Okay. Uh, listen. Yeah, that's what, my username. What do you want? Yeah. Well, I... Yes, but that's not what's displaying on my screen. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, I was talking more about viewership and the fact that I think that uh, Echo Fox is the most enjoyable team to watch on stream. Okay. Uh, and I feel that most of the other teams are kind of boring to watch. And that not only do I feel that they're competitively the best, but also the best to watch. Well, we were just talking to a bunch of people who said that the split's amazing and like there's all sorts of crazy stuff happening but you think Echo Fox is the only team that isn't boring to watch? Uh, I felt like the highlight of the TSM comeback uh, uh, team fight was good, but otherwise it was pretty slow. It was kind of methodical. Like their game, like CLG tends to play until they int, and then like TSM plays generally. But Echo Fox is always crazy. Like they always play. Yeah. really aggressive. They play a lot of macro, and they are very entertaining to watch in every game they play. For the final 30 minutes of Echo Fox's match yesterday, I was really bored. Uh, I was just watching Mark and everybody fill time, so I did, I did not find that that very um, entertaining. I know that this is your favorite issue of the day. But... No, no, it's not my favorite issue. I was just I was just memeing. Listen, I thought it was funny. He's just calling us bad at our jobs. Wait, what? That is... Why? Why is this... You said you weren't entertained said the 30 minutes really that we boring, were on yeah. camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yes. I thought you were saying I was saying Riot were bad at their jobs. Uh, but, yes, you guys were not. It was great because the amount of times Dash just goes, uh, we're still we're still looking for an update. Uh, we're, so, we're still waiting for the confirmation on what's happening. But, Jet, <laughs> those are great pants on you. Where did you get those pants? Because those are they're fantastic. They're probably from Ted Baker. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they're probably Ted Baker pants. Props to you guys for filling probably all the time. Thank uh, you. Finally, some recognition, yeah. Travis. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, um, Echo Fox, though, and entertaining, very entertaining. I feel like the, my concern is a lot of people are saying great things about Echo Fox, and Nero, their coach, has just been hanging out in the chat all day. We're going to give him a uh, too big of an he, ego. He never uh, wants to call in, but yeah. he knew the team did well. Because he just comes here and him in like a few months back. Yeah, he called in once, but mostly he just comes here and takes his pants off. 
Lord Marnath, why is Echo Fox so entertaining? Uh, because they mix it up, man. Like, it's not the same thing you see every game. Like they'll always see something a little weird or picks. I mean, who needs a big part of it? But it's not just him anymore. Like Alltech going Mundo. He's the Rengar top. Uh, like you see the five Bruiser team. Like that's great stuff to watch, man. It's so entertaining. Yeah. So you just think that they just do the craziest stuff, and that what that's what makes them. Well, so it's not. They're not the only teams that do that anymore. I mean, like if you look at LPL stuff, I know you don't follow it that much, but they they do a lot don't of crazy stuff there too. Uh, but I think that Echo Fox has taken like some of the the thing that's the correct way to play right now, and it just so happens to also be very entertaining to watch. So okay, but you think they're the only? I mean, you you said that like the rest of the NA teams are boring. That that's what you said when you called in. Uh, I mean, well, like, that's, that's the watch... part I'm more interested in. Yeah, yeah. so, so watch, maybe, like, okay, so Echo Fox is cool C9 shit. Academy? Explain to me I why everybody else boring. is boring. So my the reason why I think is is that, so TSM just is playing the same way it always is. It's very effective, but it doesn't seem like it's different. It, the champs are different, but it's not a, a very drastic different strategy from what they normally play. And same thing with CLG. Like, the picks are different, but their macro and how they're playing the game is not different from what they normally do. Whereas you were seeing, like, that because the champion is getting swapped top and you're getting 5v5 fiestas in the bot lane, like it's way more LPL like and how they're doing team fights and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's I, not just them. I felt that the the Team Liquid game, the game that they won, was very standard for what they do. And I watched Hunter Thieves and they lost how they always lose. So <laughs> just, it's just how they, it doesn't feel like anyone's really did, in it. I don't think Golden Guardians won the way they always win. Well, they did win. I mean, they don't win that, that often, so it's hard to gauge. But Team Liquid. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to figure out if we're talking about entertainment value, or right, because if it, if we're talking about enjoyment to watch, then I'm just then what, the I, result of my game should be irrelevant to the discussion right. to some degree, exactly. right? Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, because otherwise, I, I, like my big argument, my big argument here would be that like, well, I'm a professional team and a professional player who's paid to win games in a competitive setting. So my goal in a sense is not to be entertained. Sure. Like I absolutely but the want product the you're selling is to be entertaining. But that's not the that's not the players the players responsibility is to win. I'm not saying that it is their responsibility to be entertaining. I'm not telling them to go out and play fiestas, but the the team was competitive doing their job to win and also be entertaining for the viewer. All right, separating like intention, I actually kind of agree with Dark Dash's fans point. Like I didn't watch how TSM played and think like, wow, like that was, that's basically like what you, like it was very smart. It's what they should be doing. And I'm not saying they should, but I, I kind of agree. Like in terms of people who busted out crazy strats, there weren't a ton in NA compared to other regions. Uh, and I, I think, wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, I think internationally, there are a lot of really cool teams to watch. I agree, and especially like LPL stuff. And then e even MVP was doing the. They were the first ones to do the Cherokee on stage, and it was ridiculous. But it was yeah. against Karthus Nunu, you know. Yeah, I just, I just, I don't disagree with you. Like, if you're telling me to stack rank teams that I want to watch right now because of entertainment value. Then yeah, Echo Fox and a bunch of teams from other regions are are topping that list. But I guess my struggle is is like coming to grips with what you what you're asking for or what you want. When again, the the teams and the players themselves 
their first and foremost responsibility is is to win. Well, I don't think he's um, complaining. They, right? I'm not complaining. He's just he's just stating I think they're the most entertaining. Yeah, I think they're playing the best of their ability to win, and I don't think that they're doing necessarily anything wrong. Mark My point oh, go ahead. is that they are they that Echo Fox is playing to win, and they're also the most entertaining team to watch. And we got that, the, not just that. We I got agree. the most entertaining team in the league's coach in chat or in voice comms now. <laughs> Hello, Nick. Hey, what's up, Nick? Wait. Did we add? Uh, we added him to the call. Yeah, and arrows in the call. Yeah, he's in the call. Ambushed. His voice. His microphone's not working though. Huh? Well, this is I why we don't. Him. This is why we always do the tech check. <laughs> I'm sorry. Before we drag I just somebody tried in. Tried to have some fun. Get him. Get him out. Scenario. Get him out of here. All, all right. right. You know what? You're Bring him back when the mic here. works. All right. Oh, I heard. I heard the mic. Oh, no, that was not working. That was not working. All right. Well, Mark's gone. Let him go play patty cake with an arrow. <laughs> No, the whole time it, it, it was not working. No, it was working, and Nick just wanted to make me look bad. I was slightly like unplugged from a monitor. It's fixed now, though. All right. So, like, so what? The purpose of bringing an arrow here is the guy who says they're the most entertaining to watch. Now we've got the coach here, and he can say, "I agree." Well, I just want to hear if entertainment value, or like, what is it like to be the most entertaining team? Does he care? And arrow. How many drafts do you throw out saying this is too boring before you? You decide on the one that's entertaining. <laughs> and you're like, no, bring Please me something that's more entertaining. That's how the prep works. Yeah, I mean, we're just for fun region, you know? So yeah. we're for fun team as well. Might gotcha. as well. Gotcha. I don't Might know. as well make it entertaining if you're not going to win Worlds. Yeah. I think we're just entertaining team because we're like pretty early game focused team. I think everyone's pretty aware of that. And we either hard end or we hard win and there's kind of no in between. So I think that's just kind of entertaining. I don't know. <clears> I guess. But I'm pretty big on encouraging players to have fun with their picks, too. That's why I mean, we always I, have some, like, weird stuff pop up. It's just cool to see a team that, like, buys in their identity 100%. Like, if you're going to win or lose by it, you're just going to do it. Yeah, yeah I guess. Uh, I think a lot of teams in NA are kind of happy just doing nothing all game as well and waiting until they get the late game and getting barren and then winning. I think Europe does the same thing, too. It's kind of sad, but I don't know. Uh, my my Skype is uh, is going wonker, so we're gonna go to a different slate. Um, while while we're waiting for the Skype to come back, everybody else is still in Discord, thankfully. Uh, and Nero, what? Uh, I mean, what what is it? You is it just that you encourage the guys to do different stuff, or what? Why is it that it's it's so different? Um, I don't know if it's like encouraging that really does it. I think like maybe some teams shut down ideas or they think they sound too off base. Like the first split I came in with Echo Fox, we did something with Pantheon top where Looper played Pantheon and a Kenan, right? Cause Kenan was the meta thing. Yeah. Um, usually when we come into stuff like that and we know something's like a big meta pick, like I'll always talk to players and ask like, what do you think screws this pick over? And what's like really good into it. So that way, if we have to draft around it, like, okay, I can leave this pick up and the teams are guaranteed going to pick that and we can draft our whole strategy around it. And then we can just use this pick and mess with it, right? So, yeah. I mean, that pops some things up that can work. Like, we have picks tested already that we didn't get to use this weekend because we thought teams would have priority on a different power pick that they didn't have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have some stuff with that. Also, did I just, like, break your stream? No, is anything it's... I'm involved in just like breaking things? Like, no, no, no. I have, I have no idea. <laughs> and it's now a, this. It's a good meme. 
Uh, no, I think Skype itself is maybe down or something. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, uh, Dash, I sent you a friend request on Skype. I don't know if that'll allow you to, to join the call or what's going to happen. But um, assuming you're still there, Dash, you're right there, right? Oh, we lost we lost Dash one, as well. One of the Dashes is here, but I think oh. that's fake Dash. It's fake Dash. Oh, you man. know what? I bet you Dash and Mark, Mark said at the start of the show that his internet had been having issues and it went out earlier. I oh, bet God. you Dash and Mark have the same ISP in the same area and both their internet just died. So nice. I, so guess what? Uh, and Nero and Lord Meredith, not. you're now my co-host for the rest I, of the show. I mean, I would put my cam on, I guess, but I have no shirt on. So. I don't I don't want to mess with that I right now. It, it's unsurprising yeah. to me that you don't have a shirt on. But uh, so welcome. Welcome, uh, Lord Mordath and uh, Enero to the show. My co-hosts for the rest of, of the show or until Dash and Mark get their Internet back. Uh, what? Uh, all right. Let's move on. Let's you take, should get the next caller. We should yeah, get another get caller. Nice caller. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's see. Let's see who I have to go. Uh, and Nero, if I send you into the uh, into the waiting room, can uh-huh. you? Oh, wait, they're calling back. Maybe they're I'll back. Do, I want to do it. I want to do this though. Hello, okay. Travis. This is my, like, one chance. <laughs> oh, uh, Mark is calling from his uh, phone. Fuck. I'm ready All to right. continue the show. Uh, our block lost power for the second time today, so both. Yes, Dash must game. have lost it as well. By the way, we don't have Dash. Dash Dash lives like on like one building away from me so yeah. it's the block okay well um so we, we've decided that lord mordath and anero are new co-hosts uh that's what i was you. for okay good mark's stream picture is amazing yeah um yeah he's uh, people will think i'm cropping it this way that's just actually on his phone and doesn't know how to frame that's, his head correctly that's pretty solid nice. yeah yeah it's uh it's this is the next level technology we've got here um Oh, that's good. Oh, there's someone in the background. No. Okay. Uh, oh, you can't. You're not on Discord, are you? No, I, I can't continue the show, honestly. Okay. Well, um. So you can. Uh, uh, want me to go get a do question? it yourself? Yeah. Yes. Just I'm. I'm going to finish it with a narrow and Lord Mordath. And we'll see Why how not? it goes. Yes. Just, just make narrow me. Lord Mordath is already Dark Dash, his number one fan, so he can just step up. Okay. And um, you can get the rest of the callers. Well, I'm going to hope your internet comes back soon. Um, and then, I'll, because I'm not going to set up doing video and stuff like that will be a disaster. So, um, yeah. just, I'm going to hang up on you now. Uh, let me know if your stuff comes back. All right, we'll do. All right. All right. Nice. So All this right. is my show now? Yes. Well, no, that's not how that works. Uh, but you are on the show as my co-host. Okay. So, Anero, let me know. I'm, I think I can give you admin privileges. Uh, okay, yes. You've now got all of Mark's power. So move nice. to the waiting room. Check and see if the, uh, if the caller has the right audio. And then drag them in here uh, after you ask them what their question is and verify that they're a real person. All right, cool. All right. I'll move in. Yeah. I'll be back. All right. Send him over there. Uh, Lord Mordath, tell us a little bit about yourself since you're new, the new co-host of the show. Uh, well, I've been an LCS fan for a long time, but okay. uh, this is the year that's really made me more engaged with the community and everything involved. So nice. big, big shout out to you and to the NALCS production. It's been really fun. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Uh, where did you say you live again? 
Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Nice. Okay. Well, yeah, right. uh, maybe after the show. Oh, we've got, I've Dil- got Dilbo. Dilbo is on the Hello, show. Dilbo. Dilbo, where are you calling from? Uh, good old St. Petersburg, Florida. Okay, you're a little quiet. Can you get a little closer to your mic? Yes. Oh. Okay. Holy. Okay. Yes. I think that sounds perfect. Little, <laughs> little further away from your mic. Yeah, you're making this hard, Travis. I, I, I'm not sure if it's me that's making it hard, Dilbo. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. I think we're good now. Uh, just keep it in that general vicinity. Uh, Dilbo, I don't know if you've been keeping up, but unfortunately we lost Dash and Mark to a power outage. Uh, so we've got Lord Mordath and uh, Nero here who are the co-hosts. What did you want to talk about on the show today, Dilbo? So um, basically all I wanted to say was I, I don't think – Echo Fox should have been uh, granted the win for free. I think they should have just played another day, rescheduled, had a doubleheader or something like that, similar to something they do in sports. Well, I guess, yeah. So, yeah. This is a great spicy topic. Yes. Uh, this is great. I'm super happy because Mark pulled you with this topic before we had an arrow on the show. <laughs> but now yeah. you'll be able to talk about it with an arrow, the coach of Echo Fox. I know, uh, I know. Can you can you elaborate a little bit more on why you think that? Well, I just think, you know, like you said about uh, Counter Logic earlier, a lot of the players probably were real upset. I know they, they were smashing pretty hard, but there's always the dream. And I just think it would have been a more fair thing to do. And I, I, I get it might suck to play a game again, but if you reschedule for another date, you can prepare for it. You know you're going to have a long day. So, well, they wouldn't so, have rescheduled it. I think they would have just made people play it again right there. Um, the difficulty... Yeah. Go ahead, Anera. Scheduling. Uh, yeah, please don't I part them, Anera. I got in trouble last night. <laughs> I'm not going to part them. I was just joking in the chat. No, I, yeah. I didn't know that. I, didn't I, think, see, I don't know that rule. I thought you could... There's no rescheduling? Um, yeah, so based off their rules, I'm pretty sure they just kind of had to make a decision there. Like, delaying the game is something that they probably would have gotten a lot of flack for. Because, like, we'd have to play on a different patch and everything, too. So, I think they're just wanting to set a precedent for it, since it's the first time it's actually happened where they couldn't just chrono-break it. Because, like, in the past, either, like, chrono-breaking technology was already where, like, hey, it's not here. Like, with the Vitality Giants thing, they were like, yeah, we don't have chrono-breaking ready right now. And everyone knew it, and then just happened. So it was really unlucky. So they just remade, and that was their decision. And I think they just, you know, thought this was the best decision, and that's what they went for. So obviously, it's favorable towards us, and sucks for Clutch. But no, I don't, yeah, I, I don't really know I, what the best approach is. But I'm probably just best to make some rule that's kind of maybe better. But I don't know. I'm obviously biased, I guess, because I'm on one side of it. Would well, let a, me. Would that be a bad thing though? To even to, if, could could that be a thing in the future to reschedule a game if a delay takes I don't know so long? They would have rescheduled it. They would have just played it that yeah, day. Why, but why why can't they like why can't that be an option? Well, because so why do you think it's more fair for the team that was doing well to have to remake rather than the team that was losing take the loss? Yeah, I think like I, I they, yeah, it's a good point. Good point. Yeah, they would they would make it like end of day. That's usually how they do when things like that happen. Like if they have tiebreakers, they do it at end of day, just because they don't want to have like games looming there that are going to make their schedule last longer later on. Because that kind of blows for them, you know. Um, and obviously, like between the two, obviously if Clutch gets to remake, then they get like a second chance to win since they were down gold. Right, and, and then your Fox, strats revealed. We revealed that we played Rengar top in Talia jungle with. 
yeah. the wrong players in the wrong place. Exactly. So, like, that sucks. And it's just kind of unfortunate because teams go in expecting only to play one game. And if they revealed <laughs> one thing that's possible, that would change the whole draft. So it's kind of like Riot's obviously going to go in and be like, okay, well, Echo Fox is winning, and it's unfair to them, and it's unfair to uh, Clutch. So we're just going to give it to the team who's winning. I think the decision's probably pretty hard for Riot, and people are giving them a lot of shit for it. But no, I, I think it should I, be more directed at like the rule that's in place rather than the actual decision itself. Uh, Dilbo, really, hang on, we're going to pause really quickly. I'm adding one more person to the call who might, Lord Marath, we might say goodbye to you after this call, and, and then I might actually do video with this person. I but, appreciate the extra time that you had me on the show. Yeah, yeah. well, we're, stick around for the end of this call. Um, we've got Hunter, all he needs to unmute himself. Oh, there we go. Uh, we've got oh, Hunter, uh, who was watching the show, head of uh, Golden Guardians and former uh, guy from Riot that did League Ops stuff. And had to actually make calls like this uh, before, Hunter. Hello. Yeah, maybe you can provide context on like how what your role was at Riot and how you handled this stuff. Yeah, so um, I was the head of League Ops for North America for a year and a half, and so would have been the guy in the back assisting the head ref at the time, who was uh, Raven Keen, and uh, he was head ref until just recently, and thinking through these kinds of things. And so I agree. I think with the narrow in this case, like. This, there is no good outcome here, right? Like you are uh, you're disadvantaging one team or the other, no matter what you do. Um, but I think you want to try as hard as possible to let uh, games be determined like on the field. And that rule in my mind was always like a, a worst case scenario, like people are sieging the nexus, the other team is aced, like there's, there's literally no other possible outcome. Um, uh, but that one team would win. Uh, that's, that's in my mind what that rule would have done. So I don't think that Riot made the wrong decision because I think I don't, I don't know that this is a right or wrong case. Um, and I don't, like, I, don't think, I don't think these things are that black and white. But I will say um, I think I would have made the other decision and had you guys uh, remake the game. That's, that's, like my, that's just my, my opinion and my sort of sense from, from being on the other side of that, of, uh, of what I would have done. Oh, and so again, you like, would have had them remade it. Yeah, yeah, because you can't chrono break it, right? So, um, you know, when I was there, chrono, Breaker didn't, chrono break didn't exist. And so, you know, we sort of had a, a remake or no remake system. Like, it was pretty black and white. Um, they tried to chrono break, I assume, uh, and it didn't work because this is, I mean, I'd literally never seen a server crash like that. So, uh, and I can't imagine chrono break was designed with that in mind. Um, but given that Chrono Break didn't work, you're kind of in the conditions that I was in, you know, when I was on stage at Worlds, when like uh, the Gragas queue bugged out and we were trying to figure out what to do and, and all of that, which is like a remake or no remake. And I, I think as much as possible, you want things decided on, on the field, on the rift. So you, you, go for, you go for a remake in that case. That, that's my sense. Uh, and there uh, are two things. Bad. Oh, Mark, Mark is back. Mark Z. Welcome See you back, later. Mark. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, Travis, you can kick everyone out now. I'm okay. back. I'm out. Wait, is Dash here? I don't think so. All right, I'm okay. back. I'm back. I'm back. Dash had to go at eight. Okay. So uh, well, it's not eight. Uh, but <laughs> arrow okay, Really quickly, let's let me just address a couple things. Anero, uh, can you get on Skype? Can I get on Skype? Yeah, sure. With video, can you put a shirt on? And can uh, you reply to my message on Discord? Technically, you no longer need to put a shirt on on Twitch. Let me see if my video even works. Okay, um, I haven't used this camera in like a year. While you mess it, while you while you handle that, 
you should also maybe reply to Hunter, who who disagrees with the idea. That, well, I guess you don't disagree, Hunter, right? You're like okay with the way it went, but you would have done it differently. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a that's a great way of phrasing. He would have just picked the other decision, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. either way, it's like the same decision. It's the same thing. Like one side's always going to be pissed. So neither side is good. It's just like, well, this team was winning by a pretty good amount. So I guess it's less shitty to give them the win since they already almost won. But it just sucks either way. Like I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't really care about the decision that much. Obviously, I'm not affected that much by it, but it just sucks either way. Yeah. Very unlucky for both teams. Hey, your boy Dash is back too. Okay. Hey. So you don't need to turn your webcam on and arrow. We're going to get rid of you. We're going to get rid of Lord Mordeth. We're going to get rid of Hunter. We're going to resume the show. Thanks so much, Hunter. Thank Thanks you, Anero. Thank you, Lord Marta. Thank you, uh, Dilbo, for your call. Wait, wait, one more thing. Sure. While we're all here, go for it. I, uh, this is my this is my hot hot take. I, I thought it was legitimately thought it was rude of you to make that young lady behind you go uh, open the door for mean old double it. Oh, I asked her ahead of time if she could do that. Okay. I asked her politely. I'm a Dilbo on this one. So but. It's, it was, it was rude, it but was rude. Uh, it's always nice to to meet a knight, you know. I'm just kidding. I'm Thank just you, kidding. Dilbo. Much love. Yeah, have, have a good one. All right, I'm getting rid of all of you guys. Goodbye, Lord Mordeth. Goodbye, Hunter. Goodbye, Nero. Goodbye, Dilbo. Uh, Mark's Mark's uh, stuff is still coming back in. We're waiting. Your webcam hasn't uh, finished popping up yet. There we go. Yeah. What the fuck? On my screen, it's not at least. Yeah. So Mark and I live pretty close. Well, can you to mute each yourself other. on Skype, uh, uh, Dash? Oh yeah, shit. Yeah, my bad. No, you're good. Uh, I don't know why my webcam's not working. I'll try and unplug it and plug it back in. Okay. Well, that's a good photo. Yeah, you like that? Mm-hmm. People 20, always have the best. 2014 E3. Yeah. So so enthusiastic. Uh, while Mark is, is handling his stuff. Oh, you, Dash, you were saying you guys had a... Oh, there I was we go. just saying, so Mark and I live pretty close to each other, as you can tell by the fact that both of our powers power went out at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. I was very lost and confused because Skype dropped out first. Mm-hmm. And then you guys were both in Discord because Discord takes up a lot of drops. So I was like, oh, Skype crashed. That's weird. <laughs> Dash, Dash, uh, Dash, can you accept? I don't... Dash, hello, are you there? And then um, I improvised. I'm pretty proud of how I improvised. But we're back. We're back. We are. We made it. Yeah. Uh, Mark, unfortunately. For the last 20 minutes of this show. Yes. Yes. Last 20 minutes. we got three more people to go through. So let's uh, Dash. Or, sorry, Mark, if you want to go grab somebody really quick. Sure. That would be good. Uh, thank you to Chenzil for resubbing. Ocean's Andrew. 007 Spy for Life. Melamaz uh, Rebelcom, who resubbed. Nene Jojo, resubbed for two months with Hi Dad. I don't know, that's an interesting name. Uh, JB462 resubbed and says, best, best league content, keep it up. Uh, Kulas33, shout out Omen by HP. And then finally, Voyu1, who resubbed for five months and said that game was closer to 100 and to 0 for Echovox than 50 50. That's why the decision made sense. Uh, there we go. Everybody chiming in. If you enjoyed the shit show that was the last. 10 minutes as we fought to get everything back into control. Uh, feel free to sub. It's very much appreciated. We got yeah. Jensen, who is the... Uh, well, Jensen, do you want to explain who you are? He's the uh, mid laner for C9. That's not a different Jensen. Oh. 
Oh my bad. We adopt Dash just now, so now that's like I guess it's Asian Jensen, because I'm uh calling from Vietnam, from Ho Chi Minh City, and I'm the coach for the Evos team, and I was with them during the MSI. You guys didn't see me on stage, but you guys saw me in the stands. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's my profile picture at the moment. Gotcha. So my question is that, or rather my my hot take is that I feel that the way North American teams approach the game. It feels very safe. It is. It has this very survival mentality towards it, where they overly focus on the comfort of players to the point where it gives the overall strategic development of teams. Where players will go in there and say that, uh, I can't really play Vladimir. I'm not willing to play the Tarek. I'm not willing to play the Master Yi. And as a result, teams maybe they play it once in scrims, and then um, the, what actually happens is that you will end up feeding a lot with the strategy when you first try it. So I'm guessing that they try it and then. They, they think that, oh, we died a lot of times, maybe they won the game, maybe they lost the game, and this doesn't work. So they just throw it out the window, and we just default to what the players are comfortable with, and they think of how they can win with regards to that. As compared to teams like Snake, which we see in the LPL, they started the first week, they lost the week. I don't know this for sure, but I'm guessing that they took a good hard look at themselves, and how do we win in this meta game? They brought in two supports. All these Bruiser champions and they have had a very very interesting very innovative way to play this very mid-game centric Bruiser compositions and then we see in Europe so this goes back to the whole metagame thing once again where in Europe they're doing the Kai'Sa thing and the Reckless is playing Janna all of a sudden. Gotcha so to sum it all up your concern that North American players are stubborn uh, refuse to learn new champions, or at least maybe they lose a little bit whenever they take the new champions in the scrims, and uh, then give up on it, and it's going to perhaps hurt North America. That The evidence that we haven't adapted to the meta, or we haven't done as many crazy things as other regions, is a, is a bad sign for North America. Is that fair? Uh, the, the latter part of it, the latter part of it is fair. The first part to say that they, that I'm saying that they're stubborn, uh, that's just postulation on my part, because I definitely do not, do not know what's happening in the gaming houses, but I do know that as somebody who has coached teams in, in LSPL, in, in LMS, there's always going to be pushback from the players when you get them to play things that they're not familiar with. So it's about how do you handle this conflict and who gets priority that might, might be the result of why we are seeing things. Because even in MSI, when we were preparing for Team Liquid, when we looked at the games, it's like this team, they just sit there and champions and do nothing. Yeah. I like this a lot. I think it's a really interesting topic. Um, I mean, I don't know, Dash or Mark, if you want to take it first. I want to hear from Mark because he has experience coaching. Yeah. Yeah, I think I I never played in this. Travis, we're getting a little bit of feedback. Oh, sure. Uh, through uh, turn, yeah. uh, I never had a situation where the meta was so topsy-turvy that, like, our players weren't uh, familiar with, like, or, like, just opposed to the meta. And on Curse in Season 4, we kind of had the opposite problem, where, like, Voiboy and Quas had a lot of weird pocket picks, and it was almost like, can we settle down a little bit? Um, but I, I definitely think, especially if, you know, the feeling of the meta was that it's like, oh, it's an accident, and a riot will revert this, even then I see, I could totally see more players not wanting to do it. I had a funny, like, Jat and I were joking uh, towards the end of day two when we saw how much marksman was, how many marksmen were still being played in North America. We we're like, I wonder if, like, the teams that tried stuff lost, were convinced it wasn't very good, and then marksmen are going to get buffed soon uh, in, like, 8.12 and 8.13 or something. And then, like, North America just completely gives up on these strategies. Because uh, I'm, like, scared that that's actually what's going to happen. 
chime in here because uh, there's some similar sentiment in Vietnam as well. We had some massive player meeting yesterday and I'm hearing a little bit of that from some of the teams. They actually believe that, you know what, let's just send back the first three games. We play what we're comfortable with and then we hope that Riot fixes everything. So by, by the time the third week or fourth week comes around, we don't have to worry about Masi Tarek. And I, I don't think that that's a good mentality because um, at MSI, it's all about adaptation and you have to adapt to work the cost of five days. So that's I, like I 100% agree with well. this sentiment. Like, um, but I do think that then the conversation like has to expand outward again to like, it's all team by team. And as you mentioned, like you you don't know why the, the play, none of us know why the players are being resistant or even if they are being resistant necessarily in uh in scrims around the new stuff but but again i would a team like echo fox has found their way to win but just because that they found their way to win doesn't mean that's the best way for tsm to win is the best way for golden guardians to win is the best way for snake to win and likewise so then like i look at the example i go yes i'm so happy that snake dove in and said hey it, within all of this, like, how do we come out on top? How do we come out with the victory at the end of the day? And the solution for us is to bring in our sub support so that we can do the gold funnel strategy with people who have a mastery of the champions that they're playing. But I'm not sure that that's the right decision for TSM as well. Uh, they might not have a sub support who's cap who's that capable, or maybe they don't have the person who can play Master Yi well enough, or they don't have the understanding of the macro strategy around that that uh supports making that change and then i would expand that one more time to the idea that like win rates and the number of different strategies that are being played to me it doesn't seem like anyone knows the best way to play league of legends right now and so even more so i think it's hard to criticize teams for what they're doing or not doing based on that i think it's, it's hard to pinpoint anything but to asian jensen's uh, like concerned. Can we just go with Jensen? I don't know if we need to. I don't want to. Conf like, what are we more concerned about? Like, Eve Evos Jensen. Evos Jensen, hey. sure. He called himself Asian Jensen first. I just don't want to confuse viewers on. Okay, on he YouTube can call himself Asian Jensen. You can't, Mark. Oh, I see how this is, Travis. Uh, anyway, to Evos Jensen's point, like, I I would be concerned. Like, it's hard to pinpoint on any one specific team the exact reasons they're doing anything. But if all of North America has a much heavier bias towards the previous meta, I do think that is a bit of a like symptom for concern that like maybe we don't as a region adapt very well. Or like the reason that we have to play this way and that new strategies are not the best way for our players to play is because we are worse at thinking out the game and the meta and these kinds of things. So I uh, agree, but I, I again, I agree with that. Like that in the sense that, um, I mean, international play it, it, or international results kind of speak directly to that, right? Uh, we see we see NA teams fall out while other regions choose to ad adopt the tournament meta. Um, but I want to push back on the mentality that all teams must accept what is considered good and say, now we need to learn that. I, ha I rather come at it from the approach of, what does our team think is the best way for us to learn or to win? And that's what we should practice. Not what has been after one week internationally or globally determined as the optimal way to play League of Legends. Yeah, but that's, you can kind of see. And, and experiments. I want teams to say, hey, this change came through. 
So if we play this champion, how does it, but hey, you know what? We played 10 games of it and you clearly don't have an understanding of that champion or this style of play. Like what else works for us? Because I don't, I would almost, very rarely would I contest there's one optimal way to play League of Legends. I think that all pro players, all pro teams are more stubborn than they should be when it comes to looking for new ways to find victories. But you, you can kind of see the concern when a giant patch comes out that changes everything up, all the other regions start like doing stuff that seems very experimental with that patch, and we see that the least in North America. Well, and to be fair, I know teams practiced a lot of this stuff, like in prep for the split, talked to a handful of players and teams and coaches and stuff. And like a lot of them, like I heard about uh, Shivana Mordekaiser from a team way before I saw it in the LPL. So it's not like they weren't trying things, um, but I, I definitely am concerned that like maybe we didn't learn how to play it properly or whatever strategy it is, not necessarily Mordecai. We got maybe too too afraid and ran back to the comfort yeah, of yeah, that like, yeah, that we we didn't see the success right away, and we, we gave up on it, and we just went back to comfort. But you're you're less okay. concerned about that dash. No, I am concerned. My point is, oh, that I I I struggle with the idea that NA. I, I don't like this. I, I don't think it's isolated to NA. I think it's across all teams. All teams across all regions are stubborn, but I don't actually fault teams when the meta is in its craziest point that it's been in five years uh i don't fault teams for actually in this case being more measured and let's remember that like this was just week one they still have to play again next week and i'm sure more stuff will come out as they become more comfortable but i'm not ready to like in this specific case as ready to contend condemn teams necessarily for what they did or didn't try because ultimately if it's not ready to go on stage it's not ready to go on stage or if my player isn't capable of why would i put a player on a on x champion if they're not capable of playing that champion or playing that strategy effectively i'm i'm even putting myself at further disadvantage even if it's the optimal way to play yeah so that that's kind of my like, and this is this is all to say that there's no resolution on it. Again, like if I were a coach, I would be encouraging my players to play everything when a new patch comes out. I'd be like, let's try this, let's try this. I saw this work in another region. Let's try this, and I would expect my players to be willing to try those things. But then I think it's about as an organization figuring out how do we determine what of what we've tried, what is worth bringing to the LCS stage, what is worth putting an actual win or loss on the line for in the LCS. Yeah, I worry I worry if the other regions are playing stuff that's better and our region is not getting to that state quick enough. And maybe that's not the case right now, but I can definitely understand the concern. No, I think it's a that is a totally valid concern, but I would my question is can you tell me what the optimal way to play League of Legends is? No, but we're discussing the idea that, uh, like you mentioned, there are people that are, like, players are stubborn across all regions. Mm -hmm. The stats would tell you that North America, being tied with China for, I, this is an Emily Rand statistic she tweeted out yesterday, being tied with China for 60% uh, standard ADC pick versus South Korea, which has, like, a 39%, uh, that there's, like, a pretty big difference in stubbornness there that seems to correlate maybe not cause seems to correlate with 
the difference in strength between those two. Like, South Korea is known to be the better region. They're picking more unusual picks, North America not. Like, that that can be kind of striking and scary. Well, I think... Uh, well, also, LPL, while the marksman thing is similar, they actually run double... Or they run super comps and goal funneling. We haven't seen that in North America yet. So even in some ways, LPL experiments more. Uh, I think while I agree with Dash, like domestically, like just you should be doing what's best for your your team, like looking internationally and looking towards the future. If we stay with like weird picks and it's a lot more about like what your team does well, I and maybe it is a problem that the average North American pro player uh, lacks the ability to adapt at the same level that players from China, Korea, Europe are able to do so. Gotcha. Well, can I chip in here a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I want to clarify my original point. I'm not condemning the NA teams for, for not playing the new stuff. In fact, I don't think that there's one optimal way to play the game and you should, there's always two competing ideas. This is what, what's, what's in the matter, what your players can play. But I think this is the question of how do you design strategy? What's the starting point in which these teams go about kind of designing the strategies when they go into the game. So I thought it would, it would have been great if Inero would be here so you can kind of provide the Echo Box perspective Don't on give it. Mark a reason to bring and... him back. Whoops, okay, so... Is, is but, there a um, subtle uh, hate on my boy Nick that I don't know about? So continue, Justin. I think that it actually works better for them because they, they start with... Uh, there's no one correct way to, to play the meta, but I think that if you design your strategy with the question of how do we win the game first rather than what's comfortable for us, so where's the starting point? And you can do it either way. I think that either way, if you are able to merge the two, you will have a winning strategy. But if you start with how do we win first, and then you will start to see a lot more innovation, you start to see a lot more uh, diversity in strategy as compared to you do the you do the strategy design the other way around where you start with what are we comfortable with and then you work towards how do we win the game yeah fair enough Jensen well, thank I, you so I, much for your call thank you man yeah uh, Dash do you have a hard stop in two minutes uh, I can go a little bit longer I can do like one more caller okay we've got two more can we do two really quick callers if they're quick yeah okay okay go 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 Mark Give a shout out really quickly to uh, I am the fourth Hokage and Viggy Kupu, who both uh, subbed. Hopefully, Mark grabs somebody any minute. The the clock is ticking. Can he can he get us a caller in time? See him talking. Dash is sweating. It's all oh, oh so much coming down to the last final moments here on Hotline League. Well, I guess if we had if he's taking time, I will throw in my final point on that. I think yeah. Jensen and I were actually arguing very similar points. Uh, I do believe that the victory again, how I win, is the most important thing. Uh, player comfortability on champion or player comfortability on X strategy is a factor of what is the best way for our team to win. So I think in a lot of ways we were arguing the same point and I think we were kind of arguing around some, not even arguing, but I think we were talking around something with a lack of clarity, but saying very similar things. Gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. No, I think it's, it's probably true. Uh, Rico Suave, you've got, uh, we got to get through your call really quickly. What do you, what do you want to say? Yeah, where sure. are you from and what do you want to say? I'm from New York city. Ooh, hell yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks. What do you got? So, for us? So my hot take is uh, I want to talk about how terrible the meta is for two reasons. <laughs> One, the new meta is promoting trolling. 
And two, the current meta right now is destroying, I guess, that infrastructure that makes League different from all every single other MOBAs. So when it comes to the trolling part, um, you're starting to see a bunch of uh, new champions being picked in different roles. And at this point, it's like, you know, you can play any champion anywhere as long as it looks, quote-unquote, winnable. And my second take would be, um, it's destroying, I guess, the infrastructure that League of, that made League of Legends um, unique compared to other MOBAs. Because before I even played League of Legends, I was playing Dota, and one of the main reasons I even stopped playing that game is because there was no sense of structure. Like, you, you know, Dota is just like... League of, Leg League of Legends currently right now, you pick whatever champion you want and you go with it and just hope you win as long as you don't get monkeys in your teams. Gotcha. Okay. Rico, don't look at Twitch chat right now. They very much disagree with you. We're going to go really quickly with Mark and Dash, uh, whichever one wants to go first. I think we need to define what what you, we can, what you can say. I assume he means that in solo queue, you can say, hey, I'm picking... Uh, jungle what are you Timo. talking about? Are people are using this meta as an excuse to take a champion to a lane and then int and like actually troll you? Or are we saying trolling in that like, hey, I want to try this thing. I genuinely want to try this thing. Oops, it failed. Because to me, that's not trolling. And so that's what I that's what I want to I want to. Rico, get can you into. can you elaborate on the trolling? All right. So um, let me I guess elaborate what I think the meta. So um, the meta is pretty much. Uh, certain pull-up champions that I guess are quote-unquote favorable or winnable and can win sh win any lane, which is which are either easy or just you know a one-click kind of champion. And now with the meta literally just opening it up to whatever champion you want to play in any role, it could also get rid of any, any idea. So instead of having a jungler, why don't we just have two? Two people top lane, two people bottom lane, have one person middle, or get rid of the support and have two junglers, have one invading the other camp, and, you know, the other jungle just stick into your their side of the jungle. So the concern, the concern is that you can, you can now use the excuse of this is a weird meta to do stuff in, in games, in, in ranked or whatever, that is uh, not going to let you win the game. Yeah, in some sense. All right. I guess I this reminds me of like the no offense to Riot Dash. Well, I'm sure he, he kind of agrees with this. This reminds me of the reasoning that Riot gave for why they shouldn't have a sandbox mode. Like this will increase people's negativity and toxicity in the game because you can now be told go back to sandbox mode. Like I just don't understand this. Like the people who are gonna troll and do dumb things to they're lose games in tension. Yeah, they're gonna do it in any meta. Now they just like they point to this other thing and that's their new reason. Like whatever, they would have done it anyways. Whereas like, if they're legitimately trying new things, some of them are fine. Like double jungle sounds dumb to me, and that guy can't really justify double jungle in any way. Like you can't. There's actually less camps on the map. If anything, it's the worst <laughs> meta to double jungle, and that guy's just being dumb. And so, like, you can still very easily case-by-case case tell if someone's trolling or not, I think. Yeah. Dash, I mean, quick take? 
yeah, I, I agree with Mark here. I, I think that trolls will be trolls. Like that, that's it, then it's it's more about putting another system in place to to deal with trolls. Um, but uh, I personally like a world of League of Legends where p people want to experiment and try. I would love to see. I agree with Mark in this meta, it'd be terrible, but like, I would love it if one day we came into the LCS and you saw a double jungle versus a single jungle, or you saw, as you mentioned, two, uh, two top, one mid, two bot, no jungler, right? Against a team that was playing what we what we call standard. Like I, I would love to see the way that interacts. And if there are actually ways to win the game that aren't one, 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 two, like that would be really cool. Um, so I don't know. I, I guess I just I just I disagree that this meta is bad for that reason. Because yeah, but I, don't I have can any understand on whether or not more trolling happens. Uh, we'll wrap it up with this. Uh, I can understand the concern that in a, a world where everybody can just say, "Oh, I'll just do whatever I want." Like I interviewed Kobe uh, over the weekend. He was saying that some of his favorite times in the preseason is when he can try unconventional things uh, because you don't get yelled at and ranked for trying something unusual uh, and not meta. I think that's a good thing. I think that there are downsides to that where you can start to just do really weird stuff to be a jerk. But ultimately, yeah, those people will get caught um, and, and hopefully reported and handled. And they'll lose their games and get frustrated. I don't know. But, Rico, I understand what you mean. I think we just kind of disagree that, that that's a reason not to do the to have this men in the first place. Thank you so much for your call, though. Thank you, man. Sorry we couldn't give you more time. No, don't worry about it. All right. Uh, Mark, you want to see the last? Okay, he's off. Um, what do you got? Do you are you able to say what you're doing tonight, Dash? Uh, practicing for for Rumble. Oh, nice. Our, okay. uh, the, we do a little internal legal yeah. yeah. Right. So I got practice. Moonboy is here. Moonboy, are you calling from the moon? I am not, but I'm calling from Milan, Italy. Ah. Oh, hey. I, there's awesome. a big fashion world there. That's what I know about Milan. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really part of that world, so. Well, uh, we all have our disappointments for tonight. Uh, your Twitch sub, though, which doesn't disappoint me. Thank you for uh, being here. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? I want to talk about how different regions are developing different play styles on this patch, on this meta, and what that means for international play. So uh, we've seen that LPL historically has been very ADC centric. Just give. Ozzy, Kaisa, and he'll, he'll keep shitting on everyone, so why would they move away from that? Uh, LCK has been a, a little bit more diverse. They play some gold funneling comps, they play a lot of bruisers in the bot lane, Mordekaiser, some weird shit. Uh, in EU, we've seen a lot of mages in the bot lane. Fnatic did that gold funneling comp. I don't think they executed that well, but it's okay. And NA. As we've, uh, what we've seen so far is more traditional, more stubborn, as Evos Jensen was saying before. And if this diversity in the meta sticks around for worlds, I'm looking forward to seeing these different styles clash. Uh, I think this gives Western teams a good chance to close the gap. I know it's a forbidden term, but uh, if we look in recent history, which Western team got closest to take down an Eastern team? It was Misfits at Worlds bringing SKT to five games, and they didn't do it playing Janna and Lulu and Kate and Ardent and their supports like everyone was doing at the tournament. They did it by playing Fervor Leona and Blitz. They played their style, and that gave them the edge. So I, I think if Western teams at Worlds can stick to their unique playstyle, if they have a unique playstyle when World comes around, I believe they can go further than we expect from them. Dash? 
I 100% agree. I think even if this meta, if the meta doesn't persist to worlds, I would want to see what you're talking about. I point to Misfits constantly when I talk to people about what I want to see Western teams do more of when it comes to international play. And this goes back to Jensen's point, which is like, find the way that your team wins, not the way that SKT wins, because you are not Faker and Bang and Wolf. You are, you are not that team. So I 100% agree. I would love to see international competition with this current meta or maybe a patched uh, one patch further where we kind of tweak a few things um you know uh, i would love to see what teams decide to pull out and what different strategies regions decide to come with and i totally agree that in in a state of the game where again there's no there's no perceived optimal way to play the game that gives western teams their best opportunity to perform well at international competition Here's how North America wins worlds. This meta sticks a little bit, but then goes even further. So like you shouldn't be playing marksmen, but North America is so stubborn. They keep playing marksmen. And, and then, then no one knows how to play against then them. No one knows how to play against them. We dominate worlds with marksmen. Moon boy, you did it. Mark, you did it. We figured it out. Someone's You're very welcome. Is an arrow still here, dude? We figured it out. Stop putting Hooney bottom. It looks good oh right now. But it's only because of North America sucks. That's just amazing. play like we don't know what. Just play like we didn't read the patch notes. Just keep doing the same old, same old. Moonboy, yeah. thank you so much for your call. I am. Uh, I'm hopeful that we end up seeing that too. I'm a little concerned though that the regions will probably start to to reach a standardized level of play over the next couple of of months before Worlds. But uh, hopefully, hopefully that ends up happening. Thank you so much for your call. Thanks for having me. And I, I think it's five a.m. there. Bye. So yeah, thank you. All right, uh, we'll just do a wrap-up really quick since Dash has to go. Dash, anything you want to say? Any plugs? Anything you want to shout-out? Uh, you know, a shout-out to uh, everyone who built us that new Analyst Desk studio because uh, Mark and I had nothing to do with that. Uh, so I just want to extend one more thank you hey, to everybody on, who, put no in, knows that. who put in so many hours of work to make that happen. And then, of course, to all the viewers here, I hope we put on an entertaining show. Mm. Apologies for the uh, on behalf of the power company. <laughs> get, your, get a backup generator next time you're going to come on the show. Yeah, back. I'll work on that. Yeah, Mark? Uh, we also need to get an internet provider as well. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. Google, Google Fiber, please. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't really have too much planned for this week. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll see you guys Friday for Academy. You've always had the best shots. Uh, you want to get, get lunch tomorrow, Travis? Uh, I might be getting lunch at the uh, training oh. facility with Peter, but if I'm not, I will hit you up. I'll find out soon. Uh, shout out to Sneaky, the greatest ADC that... Cloud9's ever had. Uh, the person there right now is an imposter. I'm just kidding. He's in Keith's on the chat. Um, got a ton. I did 14 videos this weekend. Only four of them, five of them have gone up so far. So there's a ton of stuff hitting the YouTube channel. Go check that out. Uh, Twitch Prime sub parade right now. Whatever we want. Uh, thanks to Dash for being on the show. I'm going to switch over Thank to a different you. screen so that he can uh, exit the vicinity. Thanks, Dash. And uh, that's it, it for Hotline League, everyone. Episode 32 done.